What would yourself at the rank that you want to be at tell you right now what you should do? You know, I'm, I'm pissed off because the guys at work don't want to check out the rigs in the morning. And whenever I come in, you know, the rigs are a mess and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go make this decision and I'm going to go this way. Or I'm going to go start a fight and go this way. You always have a moral compass. You are who you are. And so I would say, you know, for myself, like, what would Captain Sam Vega say to myself right now? He would say, you know, hey man, be a gentleman. Don't yell, don't be a, you know, a jerk, don't do this. You want to project this success. Excellence is a rarity, but you are not alone. Talk and shop with Outlier Firefighters. All right, hey everyone. Uh, Alex Tanner here, episode 16. Talking shop with Outlier Firefighters. I'm here with Sammy Vega. Uh, this is going to be a really cool episode tonight. Glad to have everyone here with you, and glad to have you here too, Sammy. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate being able to be a part of this, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing. You know, some of the some of the things that uh, I guess got me to be a part of your show. So you know, just ready to rock. Yeah, and uh, short background on that, like. Your name has been coming my direction, and and people are saying you got to talk to Sammy. He's got he's got great things to say. When my my lieutenant took uh, class. We could talk about LDDM later, but sure. uh, a lot of the questions I'm going to ask you come from some of those conversations from from really the reputation that you are spreading out and the positive message that you're spreading out. So uh, everyone, it's going to be a good one, and uh, I'm excited to bring you here. So Sammy's a line engineer with Calumet City. He's also the training officer. <laughs> And uh, he works for, well, part-time also with IFSI, and uh, we'll talk about everything that you're doing up there for now, but that's just a little intro of where he's at. So uh, we'll start right here. What was your first exposure to the fire service? Uh, so, so I grew up in Calumet City for the most part, uh, kind of transient for a little bit of, of my life, you know, moving around with my family when they split up, and, uh, you know, the... I was just talking about this the other day with one of the guys who come by to visit. Um, Cal City has like this long history of uh, taverns. Back in the day, it was like the original Sin Strip. And it's uh, intersection of State Street and State Line. And I grew up two blocks off that. Well, grew up there in the 90s. And the 20s and 30s, is it was getting built up. Um, it was a major area for vice. Like, you know, the, the place pretty much ran 23 hours a day, closed for an hour. And, you know, as the steel mill ships kept moving around, um, you know, people came in to drink and they had fun. Well, by the time, you know, I was in town, all those places had closed down. The steel mills, you know, gone from the area. And uh, there's just the familiar smell of smoke in the air because that whole area was burning down. Um, you know, it, parts of it were just dilapidated or whatever. But the section of town that I was at um, tended to have more fires, especially at time. And I would... You know, I mostly walked, uh, skateboarded or whatever, you know, with, with my cronies and, you know, going to different places. And I can just remember seeing an engine scream out, you know, three blocks away from my house. And, uh, you know, I'd go check it out, go take a look at what the guys are doing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've talked about this one before, but I had this run-in with this, this fireman that I ended up becoming friends with years down the line. Um, I was walking by this firehouse. Uh, it's, it's our Station 11 now. Um, it's a single bay firehouse, like your classic Midwest firehouse, you know, rectangle, uh, you know, longer than wide kind of building, single house with a 
an addition for an ambulance to it. And all these firemen are outside, you know, like 80s, 90s firemen, they're all smoking cigarettes. And I had smoking cigars for, for bay time and to look cool. They're just smoking ciggies. And uh, this guy is like, hey, good, come on over, you know. Screwed over there. Like, I'm excited to talk to the guy. And uh, he's like, hey, you're that kid that uh, likes to follow us, huh? Something like that. Okay, I used to be on my bike or whatever. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm excited. This is freaking great. You know, this is probably going to get invited in, probably going to give me a helmet. No, he's like, uh, why, don't you, why don't you stop fucking doing it? And, you know, <laughs> boots boots me out. You know, I'm like, oh, all right, you know. But, but from that, though, um, like the real exposure happened. I was, I was, you know, I was up late one night or actually up early one morning uh, when I saw paramedics across the street from me. And I saw that big Calumet City box. They had the old internationals back in the day. And I see these two medics run out. They're doing CPR on a baby. And, you know, for, for that to be the first thing that you see, you know, first thing in the morning, it's like, holy crap. You know, like that, that made it real for me. Because other than that, you know, like you firemen that come in, they do pub ad or whatever, or you, you know, you're a kid and you like to play with fire engines. Um, but that's when, you know, and even that, that funny, you know, thing with, with Mike back in the day, um, it, to really see how serious the world was and that that's somebody's job. You know, there's a, a, a baby, it's, it, you know, now I know it was, you know, cardiac arrest or full arrest. And, you know, there were two people. And they were going to go and they were going to try to get something done about it. It just like, it scared the shit out of me, truthfully. Like, in, like even if it, I don't know if, if pediatric coke doesn't scare you, I don't, I don't know what will, but, um, but that's it. You know, like there's nothing more raw than that. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I'd see fires, you know, see things, but there's nothing more real than seeing what paramedics do, what paramedic firefighters do. So that's that's it, like in a nutshell, you know. Yeah, wow, that's quite the story. And and how how old were you when when you experienced that? I was so I was I was fairly young. Uh, so I was a bit of a deviant, and I had been out all night uh, drinking, and um, you know. This is like, and that's like, you know, like the, the, the realness of it was, was this family that lived across the street from me, they left their kid out overnight, you know? And so I was like, I think this might've been around when I was 18, cause I ended up leaving my house shortly after that. But like, you know, here I am, I'm getting ready to, you know, get out of my house. It was, you know, pretty common for us to not really stick around the house very long. Like I, I notice in the fire service and I, I love it. All the young guys that I know, they're like 28 and they're having dinner with their parents, which is awesome. Good. Do it, do it as long as you can. But, um, you know, seeing that you know, as a, as a very young man, you know, I guess 18 is when you're a man or classified for it. You know, it, it was one of those like defining things. Cause even then I didn't try to be a fireman. You know, I was, going an entirely different direction. In fact, it scared me more than anything. You know, it's like, I do not want to do that. You know, like that's, 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 there's some hard bark on people that can do that, you know? Yeah. I, that's, and then just transitioned into, into getting bit by it then. Right. And, and wanted to join up and, and it's pretty well, cool that so, you grew up in the town that you ended up working in too. That's not a common thing really anymore. Yeah. Except for you know, like I, in the volunteer world and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's so. And it's like this. 
and like I'm sure we'll we'll kind of go everywhere with this dude, but like <clears throat> there are times that I'm extremely happy that I stayed in Calumet City, and then there are times that I realized I didn't get out of a you know 25 square mile box in the Midwest. Like I only know the region, you know, and if you consider that you know a part of that box is Lake Michigan, and I don't go to Lake Michigan, I just go in the surrounding area. I never got out of the South Burbs, you know, and like, like one of the, one of the things, you know, I know like later in the, in the, in the questions that we'll go to, but it's like this ebb and flow because, you know, it, there, there's an extreme amount of pride, right? Um, I, I'll, I've, I've turned hydrants. We, we, we test our own hydrants in town. I've turned the hydrant in front of my old house and I've seen the kids that are there, you know, and there's an extreme amount of pride about that, you know, um, there's also this part of it that, you know, you, you just see the, the worst of things happen to people, you know, as, as much as you wish for fire or you wish to do, you know, our job, man, you know, like it's always somebody's stuff. It's always somebody's home. It's always their worst day. And so um, it's, it's, a, it's, it can be like a, a roller coaster of me, you know? I, yeah, absolutely. To, to answer that. Yeah. I'm stoked that I get to, to serve there. Also, you know, like New York, Portland, Oregon, you know, San Francisco, you know, I, I, I think, you know, to hit on that topic, you know, for anybody that would be listening or even thinking about that, you know, if, if your heart's where your hometown is, that's good. It's fine. You know, live with your decision. And for people wanting to get into fire service, like this is the time in your life to be testing on the job. Like, um, just like for you, how long ago do you get on the job? So, Total current department five years, and then okay. at twenty ten I got on as a volunteer part time, and then worked up through. So that. in twenty ten, the stories that you would hear about trying to get on the job, I lived like, it. I lived how, it. How were lists? Lists yeah. were like hundred people. They were huge. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And so, like when I went to get on Cal City, you know, I went to Park Ridge. Um, shit, like I, I, you know, the score like ten departments I was trying to get on departments I wouldn't even pass the written test. Yeah. Departments that I, I failed their uh, freaking uh, physical exam, you know, and, you know, finally getting on a couple of lists, it was like, you know, oh, shit, this one fell through. And like Cal City was like, oh, man, like I really wanted to work there. And it didn't even dawn on me then, other than the FDNY, which was like my dream job, um, that I'd be able to go anywhere else. And like now. It, it just amazes me because full-time jobs like Portland or other big cities, they're taking laterals with like, you know, for guys with two years in the job, a buddy of mine, James left. He got, I think in the same week he had an offer for Chicago and then Denver. And he was, uh, um, he was on a, one of the South sub uh, departments and he had his pick. You had, a, he had a pick between Chicago and Denver. I mean, like, like what a magical time to be searching for a job. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And so it's it's just one of those things. I think that's where my ebb and flow goes, because it's like, oh man, you know, that would have been cool, you yeah. know. And there's that part of it that, you know, that that group that I think I stay mostly on is that I am in Cal City, and I'm going to own the hell out of it. You know, I'm going to own the job. I'm going to try to do the most that I can while I'm there, uh, because it doesn't matter in the end where you are. It's, it's where you settle your feet. You better make a freaking difference. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing. A lot of when when I, I have uh, firefighters on, right? When I have blue shirts on, we, we all say the same. Or we're not. I shouldn't say it like it's a bad thing. We all say the same thing. But but like, yeah, that's the mentality to have. Um, that 
it, you don't have to be from Jobtown to be good at your job, care about it, train hard, constantly improve, and then out get outside of your bubble. You don't. Nobody needs to invite you to do that, right? You can do yeah. it wherever you work, and and I love that. I think yeah. that's definitely the mentality to have with things. Yeah, and, and like, and like, here's the thing, like. Like, I don't also want to be so, f I want to be exactly where you described it, right? But I also don't want to limit myself to think that this is the only world, right? Because, you know, it, 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 and I don't want to throw, and, and I'll, I'll phrase it like that. I'm not throwing Calumet City guys under the bus, but I'm not going to throw out other departments that I know. But I, I can tell you, I know that there are departments that say, you know, because we're XYZ fire department, we do it the best and this is the only way to do it. We use this kind of nozzle. We've used it for a hundred years and it's, you know, my grandpa so-and-so was the chief and he wanted this, blah, blah, blah. And we get locked in that bubble, you know, and they get locked in that department pride. And like, that's a hard thing to have because yeah. isn't that a balance, dude? Right. Like, cause, cause I, and I think like, you know, part of the show, part of you know the, this kind of group of people getting together is like recognizing that that you're you are trying to break a norm in the place that you've settled your feet into like you're locked in like concrete you're going down the river you know like yeah. you, you're going to sink with it that's it that's where yeah. you're going to be and it's like there are things that are worth changing and I, and I think that's a problem with almost every department that that, that you know the only the only constant in life is change and it's so hard for some people to to go and change especially okay you come around and you start talking about ladders and rescues or whatever you know whatever you started to train on whatever you're excited about and you know for the for the other guys that have settled their feet in the department that you're trying to make that's not the department they want right yeah oh yeah and so it's it's interesting it's interesting yeah and, and learning that delivery and uh, communication that's that's I think that's every passionate person's constant struggle, right? And learning how to change the way you. I, I wrote lesson plans for, for at work, and I would use the word student when I would write them, and I didn't think anything of it. We're students, we're learning. Like it wasn't meant to be an insult or anything like that. And one of the guys on the training committee comes up to me and goes, "Hey, you shouldn't put student in there. Everybody thinks that you know you're sending them back to the fire academy." I was like, "Well, that wasn't my intention." Like. Okay, fine. Right. Firefighter. Like I'll I'll fix the way that I phrase things. It wasn't an ill will. Sure. And yeah. that's the constant like uh for for change for people that, that are passionate. Like you're constantly reinventing the way that you phrase things and the way you yeah. deliver stuff. That's the struggle, right? Like you said yeah. change is inevitable. It's always going to happen. Right. And uh, uh Chris Chris Leanhart's in our chat here. He says too many departments operate in a vacuum. It's echoing exactly what you're saying. And right. and um, we have to do a better job somehow in our area. And, and I know, you know, you're on the south side of Chicago. I'm in the north suburbs. Like, we're way separated. But, like, having that connection in the fire service, hopefully then you, we can – everyone starts to do things like this, and you can start to spread that message. But uh, it takes a lot of work, and you just have to be in for it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's. I think that's the hard thing to do. Yeah, you know, and and that's the worth. That's the worthwhile thing to do. I and mean, what else can you do? You know, you can lay out for the rest of your career and hide at training. You can hide at calls, but you know, shit. You you can you hit, if you want to go hide somewhere, you can pick any job in the world right now. Why pick this job? 
you know. Yeah, absolutely. So getting getting up to your current position, right? Training officer, line engineer. Uh, how did you progress to those positions uh, once you got hired at Calumet City? What was your journey to get to there? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I got on in 05, and um, I I was super stoked. I was super in a job. I got to go to FSI uh, for Fire Academy. So I, w- I was a volunteer for a couple years before um, I was on Cal City. And it's funny because when I got hired by this volunteer company, they, I challenged my state tests. And so I, I never had any formal fire training, like not one ounce of it. it. Like my first fire was the day that I learned how to use an air pack. And I it, like, yeah, dude. And, um, it, but I didn't know shit. I knew nothing and like n- n- less than nothing because, you know, how can you retain knowledge as a novice and read a, a, a technical manual and teach yourself? I mean, it's, it's a trade. Right. And, uh, so by the time I got on Cal City, you know, if you go to FSI, FSI's academy, um, it, it it prides itself on being, you know, the, the the best in the state, if not the Midwest. And it's not easy. You know, it's not meant to be easy. You're going to work your ass off. And, you know, coming back from that, you know, the FSI does this great job of, like, motivating you. Like, you're feeling, like, really stoked. You got a lot of pride and you go back and when I went back to the job, um, you know, there are, you know, uh, the good and the bad. And I learned so much from the bad right off the bat, you know, because when you, when you're fresh out of school and you go to the street and you see somebody doing something and you learn the way, the street way that's actually vetted by science, it's been done for 170 years of the fire service, but, um, you know, it, it, it necessarily isn't in a JPR and you learn that and you're like, your mind gets blown, but then you see somebody fumble through using a Halligan bar and they don't know, you know, their asthma hole or not. So you see so many things you see, you know, this variation. And so I, I was a pretender, um, for the first couple of years, you know, I worked out a ton. Um, I found that it was easier to just exercise, wear my uniform pretty tight and think I knew what I knew. Like uh, Lionheart was just saying, I was in my vacuum and I totally ate up the vacuum. Yeah. I And there were a couple outliers. Um, there was a, a, at the time, uh, I think, I think it would have been Chief Bocker. He, he was the training guy Then it went to panning and Captain Eames, uh, she was a mentor of mine and she, she called out a lot of bullshit for what it was when, when it came down the line. She wanted to do a lot of training. She had her own style. Um, and uh, she she had her literally. So you're talking about like how you talk to people and how you engage in things. Like like Pam was as tough as nails, you know, and she was if she was gonna do something, she was gonna do it. And she she like took me under her wing. I think she liked my attitude. I think she liked what she saw, but she also saw that. You know, like I wanted to learn and, you know, this progression ends up, ends up happening because I, I get influenced by a couple different people, um, a buddy of mine, Charlie on the job, retired as a senior pipeman. Um, and I hear this a lot, you know, where guys like, oh, you know, you need to progressively move up the chain. And I say, you know, you dig your heels in where you're happy, you know, because there are too many people that take promotions that don't 
that shouldn't be promoted. They're, they're chasing paper, they're chasing dough. And my progression as it goes was, I, I, I was lucky I had this mentor in Charlie who was like this, who was this old school streetwise fireman. You know, I can tell you like, you know, thinking about fires where Charlie was just flowing and moving, but if you would have told him the science, you know, and, and read, him from, read something today from the UL, um, you'd be like, oh, that's bullshit, you know? Um, but, but the job is the job, right? And then I had really good mentors like Pammy. Pammy was going out, you know, every other weekend to a conference, something around the state, you know, learning in the books, you know, as YouTube started coming up, hey, check this video out, check this video out, check this video out. And um, became friends with them, you know. And so I had these really two good mentors and I ended up getting hurt um, like 2013. Uh, I had a catastrophic back injury and um i basically wasn't going to come back to the job i i had this doctor he says you know you got a choice i will i will literally write you off right now um or you can try physical therapy and see if you'll get back and throughout the physical therapy i was like man i am not going to do this job and it, it like crushed me you know because i had invested so much in filling a uniform it was an empty uniform and then I realized, you know, that the parts of me, like when you go back to when I came out of the academy, like FSI, you know, like there's this genuine love there. There's the love of the the, the rookie firefighter looking into the firehouse, wanting to get into that seat, wanted to get into that jump seat, wanted to get in the rig. And so um, I really went far into reading because that's about as much as I could do. I went into a lot of Sopranos while I was laid up, but... I, um, I did a lot of reading and I had Charlie and I had Panny and, you know, Charlie never stopped being that stereotypical brother in the firehouse to me. He, he never stopped. And so I always had that. Right. And I always had this tough as nails dude who, you know, would, would, you know, he treated me like a little brother. And then I had Panny. I want to call Pam my mom, but she was like this protector you know who would still share with me information and stuff that was going on and so as i came out um my interest had peaked on doing the job right you know um culturally we had a system where we wouldn't call for lift assist or anything like that it's how i got hurt you know uh carrying a very heavy guy out of a basement and just you know me and my partner losing control and i blow out my the disc in my back and you know, coming back to this where like even today, man, like in my chair, I'm stocked up full pillows trying to keep my posture. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to move something like a two and a half or throw a 24 foot ladder by myself when I could have done it, you know, five years before out of muscle, I couldn't do it out of skill now. Right. And uh, the first class I took in 2014, what, 25th, like I think I have cognitive decline. But um, the first class I took was the nozzle four and thank God for it because, you know, and I, I hear so, I hear often from people who don't understand that message that Fields gives, right? It's not like the guys like us or guys that take the class, we think that a person is a prophet. That's bullshit. People, people have this negative look on, on change. And what's funny is that Fields and anybody else who's in that realm, that outlier realm, I guess, um, they're only giving facts. 
they're not in a vacuum, right? They're willing to say, oh, I didn't know that. Teach me more. But what I dealt with prior was this is the way, this is the only way. And learning from him and starting to engage him and starting to take more classes. And like you were talking about language, like learning that language, learning a trade language and going forward. I, I came back to thinking about how, um, one second, I'm getting a call. No, Sorry. no worries. So I, I had, I had gotten to this point where, um, you start learning cool stuff, a clamp slide, flowing and moving, single firefighter, 28 throw. And I wanted to share it. And, you know, that's where it happens, you know, because it's like this immediate clash. And so from there, it was like, I didn't get that support back at home. Now I had Panny and I had Charlie, but they leave about 2017, I think for the both of them. Um, so, what happens here for me is this this part where, you know, I'm kind of in it on my own. I don't I don't really have anybody at the department that really likes to train the way I like to train. Now I have another mentor. Uh, he would be the current that current times training officer. He's a great guy. He's awesome. Good good carpenter, etc. But again, you know, like hey, let me tell you about this. Well, that's bullshit. And, and, and a lot of it had to have been my delivery. I have to own that, you know, because you, you come back super excited from the class and you want to change the world. But that, that trajectory changed with FSI because I wanted to go somewhere to get more reps because at the time the culture was not to uh, flake out line, not to go throw ladders against the firehouse. Um, it was to kind of go through training as most fire departments do. And you know, I started seeking out more classes and I wanted to seek out a place where I could go just refine those skills. And, you know, it's it's funny when it comes to the instructor side, but like at, at no point did I ever have a goal in like being an instructor or even having some sort like, you know, you're mentioning, you know, a message to share. But it was this thing of I just didn't want to suck. And I knew that my life, my physical well-being was going to depend on it. So trained a lot there, started teaching, and I got a couple other pals in the area that, that teach, you know, different conferences and, you know, whatever. And um, it just got me on the right track. And I, I think as it started to mature um, towards uh, like 2019, 2020, um, I had an opportunity, you know, that the, the, the training officer that had been there, he was on his way out. Um, and I was, I had, I had settled myself in to be pretty much the most qualified, you know, amount of classes or amount of tacit knowledge about specific kind of work. And, um, you know, I, I got, I got placed in that position and it's, it was cool because at the time, um, it wasn't an officer, it was a fireman getting put in the training officer role. And so they, they had to change the title for a little bit until I made rank uh, to engineer, but I was the training director, but that was, that was the course. It was, it was out of a lot of failure and um being lost you know and trying to find this way and trying to find these little lighthouses you know during my little storm you know yeah and so th that that course landed you know and it, i'm happy you know we we're talking about like where we're at and where you end up in your career like you know digging your heels in like it's good like the work is good you know so that's 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 the course you know awesome. in a nutshell yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean jumping on an opportunity, right? 
when it when, yeah. it, when you get it and it's there I, I those don't come every day they definitely well, don't dude and that's the other thing about opportunities like if you're not like opportunity doesn't knock you got to go kick the fucking door down yeah absolutely. you have to you have to get yourself ready to to be in the hallway though you know because you, you, you're not going to be there but you you have to put yourself in the spot you know and if you don't do the work and you expect to get a role like that it's just that's that's arrogance yeah right yeah oh yeah so one of the things that uh my friend when when he had taken LDDM and we can talk a little bit about what that is maybe in, in a second or two here but one of the things that he pulled away from you among a couple that we're going to you know kind of talk about here was was like a linear life the thought process was be what you want to be at the end now and yeah. he, he said that he oh, yeah. heard that kind of uh that, that from you and i'd love for you to elaborate on that yeah so um i i, I try to live it by this now because uh you know like i think thought i didn't well it's funny about originality like there are no original thoughts but you do have some original processes and one of the things that came to me um and, and we say it a lot you know i want to be able to run a call and put my head down at the end of the night and say, I did the most I can for this patient. I did the most I can for this call. I did the most I can on the job, blah, 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 blah. But then we get into the firehouse and we start a fight or we're at the coffee table and we talk shit or, you know, somebody does something and it just pisses you off, right? And we, we all are on this trajectory to be the senior person. Like we're talking about you and your father and like the, that connection you end up having you know, here's this trajectory of respect because you have gray hair. That's, that's it. You, you need somebody with gray hair. You're like, salt, cool. They've been on the job, bop, bop, bop. I'm going to ask them a question. I want some advice. And you, you get that just by looking the way, right? And I thought about, you know, and the way I, I phrased it during LDM was, you know, what would yourself at the rank that you want to be at tell you right now what you should do? You know, and so, you know, I, it, it could have been in reference to anything when I use that, you know, it'd be, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off because the guys at work don't want to check out the rigs in the morning. And whenever I come in, you know, the rigs are a mess and the bottles, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm going to go make this decision and I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go start a fight and go this way. So, you know, you always have a moral compass. You really do. You know, you are who you are. And so I would say, you know, for myself, like what my goal was to be a captain, right? Um, I wanted to run a shift, which is funny because it's the way the weeds, the tea leaves are going to read. I'm not going to have that role, which is fine. Um, and that's a big part of this is, you know, when I would say, what would Captain Sam Vega, blah, 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 say to myself right now? He would say, you know, hey, man, you be a gentleman. Don't yell. Don't be a you know, jerk, don't do this. Don't you, you see yourself, everyone sees themselves as, as this, you want to project this success. I don't think anybody really wants to say, well, you know, by the end of my career, I want to be the guy who doesn't want to be at work. I want to be the guy who sits in a corner. I want to be the guy that everyone moves away from. I want to be the guy that sits in my office all day. Nobody, I don't think says that they want to be the guy that, that cares. They want to be the guy that, that, that can, you know, ask a good question. Well, let me give you what I know. And so um, I, I think that worked 
because like because like even now like i can explain that um the way the tea leaves go with just you know the escalator in a small department you know once a rank gets held up you know it's going to be held up and so younger guys you know junior guys are at a higher rank and they'll hold the position that you know like i might i covet and like that is the best thing that could happen because now my ego man it's never going to be satisfied and so what would even myself at that position at that job tell myself now it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't it, and it, you know it, that thing is 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 just finite and one of the things that it goes in line with when i share that with lem is you know you can you can search for whatever goal you have in the firehouse but it just has to have meaning for you right because when you take your helmet out on your last day an hour later somebody's putting their helmet in they're putting their gear in your locker they're putting their uniform in your uniform locker you're gone dude your name is off the seniority list your name you're not picking anything that the seat you sat in for lunch is no longer your seat and so you know when i use that for myself it it'll get on up centering how i want to look at it you know what i mean like it, it I think it works. And I hope that's been the effect of that because who better to tell you you're full of shit than yourself? Yeah, right. right? Self accountability, <laughs> that's more powerful than, than most other things. It's the same thought process of admitting your own mistakes or something like that for you to go, man, I really messed that up versus someone coming up to you going, you really messed that up. You receive that yourself differently, oh, right? If you can get ahead of the curve and, and everyone here, uh, in, in the chat is, is agreeing with everything that you're saying. R words of wisdom, right? That's well stated. And, and uh, yeah, I couldn't say it any better, obviously. So, uh, well, no, no, yeah. I, and I appreciate that, you know, because well, we all have the same narrative. I don't think anybody, you know, they're like, there's a few outliers on the other side that got on the job because they're like, ah, you know, like, I don't know. But I don't think anybody, even the turds that you knew on the job, know on the job. I don't think they wanted to be turds. They just had the space to become a turd. Actually, I got a good one for you because I, I told this to our recruit, our recruit class because it's all about turds. Um, so you once you have the mantle of turd in your career, it never leaves. So here's the example. Um, you get on the job and you suck and you're not in a job and you know everyone's like, man, Sammy's not cutting it. He, he's not meant for this job. And then year two, I take a turn and I'm into it and I'm excelling, I'm good medic, I'm good around the firehouse, I clean, bop, 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 bop. And on year 26 for me, they're gonna say, man, Sam started out as a turd, but he had a good career. All right, then there's the other one where Sam starts off for 25 years, he's awesome, blah, 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 blah. And then for the last year I come in and I'm a turd. I, I make everybody pissed off. I, I go and I ruin everybody's day, I pick fights, talk shit. I'm a shitty fireman. Sam had a good career, but he stopped, he ended like a turd. Or, you know what? Sam was a turd from day one, and he was a turd on the last day. But no matter what, once you get that label, you're always a turd. And so I can't imagine anybody getting on the job like, that's that's what I want. I want I want to be in the toilet bowl for the rest of my career or at a point in my career, you know? Yeah, and somehow it, it, it happens, and I think that that, like I was telling you before we, we went live, like that was really a lot of why I started this, this whole thing, was to try to make sure that I never became a turd 
And it's not like I was worried that it was going to happen. But like if there were little things that I could correct now earlier in my career to get to the end where that doesn't happen. And, and I'm definitely not going to like crap all over my own organization. But there are definitely turds, right? Because everyone's got them. Oh, yeah. And, and there are turds who probably did do some things before I got there and, and were positive. But like you said, like at the end, like they just take their feet off the gas, hands off the wheel. And that's it. And it's like, well, that's all anyone's going to know of you is your last five years. All you cared about was what station you were at and, you know, that you could not work Wednesdays so you don't, you know, have to be around the admin. Like, those kinds of things. And that was unfair because actually the guy that did that's not a turd. But uh, it was a poor example, uh, which I know he doesn't listen to this, but either way. Um, no, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah it's it. – so – yeah, whatever can be done early or, or to recognize it and change. So that was one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about is recognizing that and then, you know, changing your behavior. So I think a lot of people get into that point, right, where maybe they're not a turd, but they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're in a hole or something like that. And, for example, yeah. there's a guy who just came to my shift not too long ago and he got a bad beat early on. He's – He's doing much better now, and he got put with the right people, and it worked out. But it took a lot for him to crawl out of that hole to the point where we're like, all right, he's doing good. And people are you know, not thinking he's a liability or crap like that. And, and he's, he's exceptional on our shift now. He does a great job, and he contributes. Um, what can someone in that position do to get out of the hole? Dude, that's me. So, and, and like, especially talking about the turds, like, Anybody who listens to us from my organization or anywhere else, they know the truth about me. And I'll, I'll give it to any of you that are listening. Um, so, you know, from, from however I grew up as a person, whatever shaped and molded me, I am what I was. And I'm growing into the person I will be, right? And the person I've been is an angry asshole. Angry. Before... I was angry about what I think is righteous. Like, hey, man, we need to make some positive changes. You guys suck. Well, that was the worst way to say it. To when before, I was angry for just a bunch of other reasons, right? And, you know, I, I look at that now because I'm dealing with those repercussions the further I go in my career. Because I've I've burned bridges with people to, to the degree that all they'll ever hear or C is the dude who was a jerk when I was, you know, in major depression. You know, I, I'm in like LDM was, was you know, one of those places where I shared that quite a bit. Cause we talked a lot about resiliency and, you know, how, how much your, the mental aspect of what you bring to the job, you know, uh, it, it influences everything around you. You know, I could think I'm a saint, but if I'm really just coming in and, and causing hell, I'm not, you know, and um, that there are people that aren't going to perform the way I think people should perform. And that doesn't mean I should treat them like a jerk. I should not yell at them. Right. And so um, that that's going to be something, you know, until people retire at my job, they're still going to get that message from me because it's going to be in a look. If my look of like, hey, man, you know, you should learn how to mask up with your gloves on. Like, that's a big thing. They're just going to see me when I was being, you know, a, a turd. And, and so my, my biggest part of that is owning it, 
you know, th there doesn't have to be this thing where you hold your hat in your hand and, and, and you do the 12-step the thing, which is fine. You know, 12-step is a part of it. You make make amends, but you, you have to make amends. You have to own um, what you did. And so one of the things I've done and I will do is tell people, you know, for, you know, a number of years, I showed up to the firehouse and I needed help. You know, I needed to see a therapist. Um, I didn't need to be in the gym as much, but I needed to be talking to somebody about what was going on in my head. And um, I'd be honest and say, I'm sorry, you know, hey, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. And, and it's important, like that I, I, when I speak, I'll say, and a lot rather than, but, because but's going to negate everything. The end of it is, is, and if I am talking to you about masking up with your gloves on, I'm not talking about you personally. I'm not saying if I was going to say something to you personally, you know, I'm a jerk and it's going it, to, it'll, it, and I'm learning respect. I've learned respect. I had to eat humble pie. Field says that one, you've eaten enough humble pie. I should be diabetic, you know? And so it, it's that part where, you know, going back and trying to work with people, um, you, you have to own what your true faults were, because if you're not looking at yourself realistically, you're fooling. It's like you're just looking at this mirror and only seeing your smile. You're not seeing the face behind it, you know? And, uh, like like moving forward with that it's it's it's, an, it's incredibly hard to do and so anybody going through that where you have this rough go at the beginning or the middle or the end it, you know if we're not self-reflecting and taking that deep breath and thinking like what am i bringing to the table today am i going to show up to the to the job today and are people going to be happy that i'm there or are they going to be pissed that i'm there all right so people are going to be pissed that I'm there. All right. Are they going to be pissed that I'm there? Because I'm going to say, all right, hey, you know, I know it's not, I know it's a Sunday and we're going to, we're going to pull a couple lines. We're going to flow some water, have some fun. Well, to somebody that's not fun to somebody, it's their day of rest at my job. And so I don't mind that if you're pissed off and you think I'm, I'm a turd because I'm doing that. Well, that's, that's fine. Because this is where I'm, I'm drawing my line. This is who I'm going to end up choosing. You know, this is who I choose to be on the job. And that person that does want to lay up, that person that has their thing, I don't own any right over them to treat them with ill. I just don't have to treat them, uh, again, hat in hand. You know, it, the, the conversation can happen. And so it's like this line in the sand. It's, it's just this insane line. Like, like hard driven line of honesty. And that is so hard to do. Yeah. Honest. Like I'm going to be honest with you. You suck as a fireman. You can say that you're not a good firefighter and that hurts. Right. What should it? Because I can guarantee you people like you, people that are, you know, on the chat, they're more critical of themselves. They beat themselves down more than the critics or the haters or whatever, you know, and so for anybody, you know, doing that is, is to look at, all right, this is what I did wrong. This is what I'm going to do better. And this is what I can do now. Right. And that self-reflection happens constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And at first it seems exhausting, but it's, it's, it is part of life. It's this constant of change. Change is the only constant. Right. Um, and so it's like, it's like, what, what, when you move forward down that line, I, I've personally, I've just seen growth. 
um, and the ability to look at, you know, and, and see it from, from, I think it's called dialectic thinking. You know, it's the middle of the road thinking. I'm going to do this thing and this person's not going to like it. And this person's going to like it. It neither makes it bad nor good, but this is the decision and the road I'm going to go to, you know, and knowing now that if this person's not going to like it because I'm being rude, well, I'd rather be a gentleman, right? So that that's kind of the philosophy of it. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm living some of that right now, right? I, and yeah. and like I said, with with passion and and being into the job, it it is it's difficult to to edit yourself, correct yourself, stop yourself when. As, as wonderful as as that worldview of the fire service is as as great as it as it brings you to more when you come back home and you don't feel that yeah. it's frustrating and and yeah it's sometimes you your emotions get the better of you or your stresses get the better of you and and I've learned and I'm I'm in, I'm I've had my moments where I've definitely spoken to people poorly or I have, you know, handled the situation the wrong way, and now I'm starting to find other ways. I'm learning, I'm reading about how to communicate better. I do the same thing at home. I do the same thing with my friends, trying to find a better way to, I can't think of an eloquent way to say it, other than not be a dick. Like, there's times where I would Be a gentleman, dude. Right? And be a gentleman's got to be the way to say it, for sure, right? Choose that. You know, like, uh, I, I get that from my pal, Ron. Um and he would say this during classes, you know, uh, you, you, you get a good job and a guy walks up and, and they're just banging, banging the drum and hooting and hollering. That is not a gentleman, right? You go to a fire and a female firefighter walks up like a lady, calm, cool, drops her line, forwards to the door, send the water. I want to back her up, right? Or firefighter at the pump panel they're looking a <laughs> couple lines going that's a you know and if you think about that you add what you want to see on the fire ground to life man that's that's the golden part because like we all kind of live like this this like lie you know the, the person you're at the firehouse the person you are to your kids the person who you know you are you know i i, I i'm getting to this point where that's just and I'm not good at it. <laughs> Say that, you know, it's, it's, it's work. It's constant work, but that's who I want to work to be, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think all of us have, well, do, not a duality, but we, yeah, we all have multiple layers to us, multiple ways we act. I, I catch myself because, you know, when you're at the firehouse, you talk a little different, oh, yeah. sometimes more colorful language that, and I'll come home and I'll, I'll not realize that I'm talking like that. And I remember, when I first started paid on call, I, I was I was still living with my parents, and I remember I'd come home and I'd talk like that, and my dad'd be like, "Hey, you're not at the firehouse, kid." Yeah, and great. I I still have like that internal monologue where I'll do that at home with my wife, and she's fine; she can handle like yeah, yeah, cussing yeah. and stuff. But I still try to you know be a little bit better about it, and I'll yeah. be telling a story about what we did at work, and I'll be like, "I'm not at the firehouse, Alex," and I'll say it to myself yeah. now as if my dad like parachuted out of the sky, like stop it. But yeah, um, well, so yeah. you saying that it, it makes me think of like so another mentor I had um, was a captain, and he was an engineer. This this dude was just. He, I think he's 
he's got to be the top five people I've ever worked with in my life. Um, uh, he was who he was at home, in front of his kids, to his wife, at the firehouse. He, he was just completely leveled out, you know, and I, 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 I've, you know, you pick and pull things that you enjoy and that you, you know, you get influenced by. And, and if there's one thing I like about that, you know, uh, and so like, like, give you this example, I'm not religious at all. Right. And I love that if you believe in something, or if you don't, whatever, whatever, whatever. But this dude was hardcore, you know, like, come on, guys, we're going to pray. <laughs> you know, and he was like that at home. And when he did his his things that he fell short of, he was like that at home and he owned it and he was always who he was. It was never any anything different. And, and, and it was like he never had to clean that up I, that I've ever seen, you know, and that's that's magic, man. You know, because I don't want to go to work and be on uh, on the stage. I don't have to be anybody. I just, you know, and, and then I think that's the thing that we're starting to collectively do is that we're making it about the job, not about the image, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you, you better know how to do the job. We're going to judge you on your job because that's what matters. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care that you're vegan. I don't care that, you know, whatever you worship and bark at the moon. That's cool. But if you can't throw a ladder when we got to do it, or you can't, you know, pull a search and, and be cool. Yeah. Call, be a gentleman, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's just, we're going to judge you. And I think that's good. Yeah. Right. Because it's heading, it's, this is, that's, that's, that's what we can get better. That's, you know, people say about leaving the fire service better. Um, you know, it, I don't know if it's about leaving it. I, I think it's giving it the ability to continue growing. Right. Yeah. And like cr cr leave, leaving that next brick because that next person, they go in this direction and it's going to keep building. We've gone the other way for so long, you know, it, it's a cyclical revolution. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I can be a part of it now because I think this is, so 2023, this is 22 years total. Um, it's interesting to see how it cycled just in, in my short time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, I, I think we're at a, a point of, massive growth and renaissance within the, the yeah. fire service community as a, as a country and probably even as a world. I mean, and, oh, and yeah. the amount of information, the amount of connections you can make, and then the self-awareness level that's coming in, right? I, th I feel like like firefighters that really get it, right, and are into the job in the right ways, we're developing this not just mental health awareness, but like true self-awareness of how good am I at my job? How good's my fitness? How am right. I communicating with my brothers and sisters? You know, how am I improving the status of this? How am I treating the community? You know, right. how, like those are all things where I think people are, are, I don't know where it's coming from, but I see it and I see people have that self-reflection more, more and more, or maybe I just was unaware of it where people were doing things. I don't know, but it yeah. seems like everyone puts it out there and says, I screwed up or, Hey, come listen, let's talk about this. It's much more open in, in terms of the dialogue and then self-reflection, which is awesome. It's really exciting. So I I got a I got a theory on that. Because um and, and I, I challenge people when we when I take classes because I'll I'll hear this constantly. I'll get some older salt in a class and they're like, oh, this younger generation, 
you know, these guys, dot, 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 they're soft. They never had a trade. They never had this. They never had that. All right, cool. But this younger generation fought 20 years of war in, in Afghanistan and Iraq. This generation lived through, you know, uh, a recession, a housing, uh, you know, um, collapse. In their generation, the firefighters that came up in this time that have been annoying the shit out of the group before me, um, they've lived an extraordinary amount more than a lot of other generations. And I, I look at what the war, I, the wars, global wars, the state of the world has done to culture. So look at this. Beards would not be cool right now if we did not fight in Iraq and Afghanistan. That is a direct co-opt of, you know, special operations guys being able to co-mingle and communicate and work with the locals, right? And, you know, as a means of masculinity, the beard is a big part of Middle Eastern culture, right? Mm -hmm. And so what got co-opted back? You know, the, the typical Chad is going to be a guy with a big old beard, you know, and going to be jacked, going to look like an operator, right? Um, you know, salty firing with the mustache and, you know, all the tattoos. Hey, don't worry about it. No, you, hey, we, we, we all got it. I know it's going to come rolling dude. through the chat here, so no, it's, it's fine. Good, but, but, but check it out. Like, yeah. like, you have 20 years of perpetual war, and there became there's a whole culture out of that. And, you know, any of my friends that I talked to that went overseas, they are very, they're very accountable for what they did. Big part of the army is after action, right? They go out of the wire. They, after action, contact or not, what the hell they did or whatever. And here's 18 and 19-year-old kids doing this in 2006 at the height of, you know, the insurrection in Iraq. That kind of communication getting brought back to the fire service, that's something. Because even if you didn't deploy, even if you weren't in the military, you are influenced by that culture. We're influenced by go rock, your influence on this fitness move, your influence on wads, you know, like the, the, the CrossFit explosion happened because of these guys, you know, the, the ability to work out in a fob in, you know, Nowheresville, Afghanistan is using the, the weights that you have and body weight and, you know, vests and rucksacks. And, and it's, it's cool because it brought us back, I think, to what this was from World War II or Vietnam is that the firefighters that came back from war, they defined the fire service. Like FDNY, all those patches, the amount of pride that you see is no different than, you know, the Big Red One or 82nd Airborne. Like you live by your unit patch and you look at how that influences us because firefighting and, and like, you know, I, I know there's parts of this that I think are, are, are corny, but because I don't I don't look at it, this as combat. I don't look at firefighting as just, you know, this war. But I, I do look at it as a, a warrior culture. Like you protect people. You're willing to put your life on the line to die for somebody else. Like people just don't do that shit. Yeah. Right. And this this part of that, this means a sacrifice. This means of, you know, busting up your body. Nobody leaves the fire service unscathed if you've worked your back, your shoulder, your knees, your neck, your mental stability, you know, the loss of sleep, your cardiac problems. It is it is what it is. Um, you know, uh, you get compensation for it. But the point is, 
is that you, you are a part of something that's been from the dawn of time where, you know, it's as long as people can sit around a bonfire, there have been people that were the outliers protecting that group. And there was the group, you know, live their daily lives. And, and here's that magical part. You know, um, we're, we're unique to ourselves. We are not the Navy SEALs. And you look at companies like Squad 2 or Squad 5, Rescue 1, you know, any of the rescues in New York, or any of the rescues anywhere, that kind of pride of being elite, that's in our fire service. You look at the pride you have in the north, you know, north, northern suburbs or the south suburbs, you have companies with extreme amount of pride. And, and, and you know that, hey, this company's coming. That's who we want to go to the roof, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so I, I, I see this direct thing in this change happening because of the generation that asks questions, the generation that actually could, you know, um, the, especially the younger guys that I know, like the, the sense of humor that they bring is, is, is just awesome, yeah. right? And now you mix it with the culture that you may have had before, and we're getting this golden, like you said, it's like this renaissance, you know. So that's my theory on it. You're you know? spot. Like so when I really think about, mil you bring up an excellent point. And if you think, so what are what are the elite, like the top elite things? Probably the the pinnacle right now is Georgia smoke divers, right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. What is that? That's buds. Yeah. That yeah. is that is Navy SEAL like buds training, you know. Yeah. For they use a scroll that right? it's it's it, they use a scroll uh that's uh army ethos like ranger regiment 75th ranger yeah. you know any anything like that it's yeah. an earned title you know not given earned yeah Our, right bre breathing exercises that's military right that's coming right. uh, uh grossman's on combat we're all told like that's a book right you got to read abershoff yeah. uh what is his it's your ship that mentality these are all these military books that that are that have made their way into the fire uh, fire department culture world where you, uh, Jocko, for God's sakes, everybody's yeah. into Jocko, oh, yeah. right? Which and I don't right. mean that in a bad way, like right. that extreme ownership and, and dichotomy, yeah. like those yeah. things have made their way in, and you're I think you're spot on because that's connecting with that that generation of military, and we echo right. that. And I've never thought about that until you've brought that up, and I, I mean that you're spot on. That makes yeah. all the sense in the world. If you if you listen to the they have uh, if you there's a YouTube video of uh, Dennis Smith's company, uh, Engine eighty two, uh, the Bronx is burning, and Dennis is talking about you know this this thing about firefighters like the people who are firefighters would have been cowboys or you know sh sh whale hunters or whatever like that the machismo thing yeah but you know um, that the, the heart. You know, and, and this goes between, you know, men or women, um, you know, the heart that it takes to to actually do the job well. I mean, that's that's nothing short of amazing. You know, and like to, to key in on like the, the, the turd thing, like we said, nobody really wants to be a turd. You know, um, it, this is one of those jobs where, right, like. I forget who says this, but like there are more pizza men that get killed than firefighters, right? And, and unfortunately, you know, pizza men or ladies, you know, delivering pizzas—that's what they died for. Or the ideal that we do our job for, the ideal that what we have, because I, I don't like the virtue signaling mm -hmm. that the fire service is getting into, mm -hmm. but I do appreciate the job 
And that's just this warrior ether, warrior ethos thing that is a brotherhood because a turd dies. If a turd dies, we'll more than likely 99% sure lie at your funeral and tell your family that you were great. Yeah. Right. Because you are a brother. You're just the brother we didn't like as much. Yeah. Right. And that's that part of it because there are other jobs where I don't care about, you know, so-and-so they're gone. But ours, there's this respect and honor for it. And, 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 and I, I hope that's what we can, that's what we can get, right? Like if we can, if we can give that to people like, hey man, the, the, the pride of the fire service isn't just the rig or it isn't just this. The pride of service is the actual act of what you're doing. And you don't have to tell everybody in the world that you're a fireman, right? Um, but you know, you know that when you are going to do it, you perform, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. So, yeah, I, I really hope that those lessons that like Jocko and them give us, because it, it directly relates to stress under under fire conditions. You know, a firefighter goes down in a fire and mayday happens and communication gets wonky and you've got to move a company here and there and all this is happening. You look at what they did in Ramadi. You know, in the firefights that they have, if you read, you know, the Academy of Leadership, um, it's it's just, it's nothing short of, we can learn from that. And we have, yeah. we've, we've already absorbed it, you know, and that's, it's funny because I, I'm thinking right off the bat of uh, Eddie, Eddie Levy, he, uh, he's a veteran, he's actually moving up in the world, uh, he's becoming a master sergeant, he runs the LEDM program as the boss, the program manager, um, I think he employed three times. And he was just requisitely prepared to take that role on. And like with humility, like the guy was just like, I don't know if you, you know, if I should do it, but the, the range and scope of experience that he had for dealing with complicated and messy situations, I think we'd have less bullshit in the firehouse if we could see it from that lens. Yeah. And cause, you know, those guys fight too. I mean, they, they have their issues too. Yeah. Everyone does. It's natural. But, but, yeah. But, but let's, let's, you know, like there, there's a certain pride to it, you know, anyway, kind of went on a rant. Sorry. No, that's what this is all about. And, and uh, Timothy Wood, I'm sorry. I keep leaving you hanging. I'm trying to, I, I'm not super great at, at managing chat and listening. Cause I'm like you guys, I'm here to listen to what Sammy's got to say. So uh, he says he came from a firehouse in Marines and his whole first station was, was the, the bad boys and that kind of thing. Right. And, yeah, I, there, that is a constant that I've never thought about or realized is, is, is generations of, of firefighters are directly related to generations of warfighters. Oh, yeah. And we're a couple years maybe behind on some of the things because it takes time for those guys to get back, write books, and do all that fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever even heard that parallel before. That's a really cool observation. Yeah. Right on, man. Man, we're not even... We're not even in the meat of these yet, and it's just gem after gem. So, um, and we've touched on a lot of the things we were going to talk about, but um, I think one of the biggest things uh, that I wanted you to touch on again is, is leading by example, right? So, we, we've talked about owning things and the way you communicate and teaching other people the importance of leading by example. Can you can you share some insight on that? Oh man, I, I, maybe, uh, I, I can say it cause I don't think, I don't think I'm a good leader. I'm learning how to, to do that role in action there. To me, there's a difference. If I can be a good manager, um, 
and manage an office, manage tasks, um, managing a fire and being a good leader, managing a call and being a good leader. Um, I'll, I'll throw myself under, you know, under the bus before anybody else can, because I know you know it. And I think that's one of the things um, I've learned from poor leaders is we know when you screw up and we know when you try to pawn it off on us, right? Um, I've had the pleasure of working for some terrible officers in my time, uh, liars, right? And when somebody makes a mistake and they can't own it, um, I think that's the biggest thing you can do because like we were just saying, um, you know, we all fight, we all have mistakes, we all have our flaws, we all have these things that we bring to the table. And if you think that you're walking in and everyone loves you, you're wrong. And so to realize that you earn your spot every day, uh, one of my favorite things that came out of ladder th uh, truck three or three truck um, was in, in the captain's office there, it says, uh, you're not in charge, you are responsible, right? And you, you know people that are in charge. I do not want you to be in charge. I want you to be responsible, right? And and some of the best officers that I had, like Dave, for instance, I was talking about Dave, who's Dave in the, at home, at work, you know, at church. He, he's going to be a, he, Dave is going to be abrasive to his pastor because that's who Dave is, right? And he's also a gentleman, but the point is, is, um, you know, as, as we kind of like bridge, I don't, I don't even know how to say it now. Um, it might come back to me. I, I, okay. I, I kind of, here's my cognitive decline. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go take, gotta go take my, my medication. <laughs> um, but, but I, I think what I'm, I'm just trying to get at is that those poor people that you learn from in, in leadership, um, is the best reflection that you can ever have. Because if you try to fake it when you're in charge, okay, you got to realize that you cannot fake it. You have to be responsible. And, you know, this, it, I had a big, huge screw up as a step up officer uh, at a fire about a month ago. Yeah. And I saw myself starting to, I, don't, I, I was talking to my pal about this. When, when you're, when you step in a leadership role, at a fire and you have very little experience at it, it's very easy. And to call it your OODA loop, your recognition, prime decision-making, your ability to go through files in your head and make a good decision. And your default always comes back. And um, you, you know, I don't want to go too far in a tirade here, but um, anger, right? Anger is always a cover-up for, I don't want to call it a weaker emotion, but uh, uh, a submissive emotion. Yeah. I'm scared. I don't know. I'm panicking and anger, man, that makes you feel super strong. And I saw myself at this, at this job where I went up to a fire and was like, Hey, how come you don't have this? What's up with your tool? I was already paddling in my head because of the screw up. Right. And I'm, as I'm trying to catch up and make decisions and see things, they're bothering me. It's like emotional attachment. Right. And it shouldn't be emotionally attached. It needs to be, you know, I, I think it, there's a part of emotion in there. I think that's what also makes this job part of the magic of it. But 
that part is it has to be business. That gentleman has to be there. And I have to say, hey, Alex, hey, I need you to do me a favor. You don't have any tools right now. I need you to go get this, this and that. I need you to take this. I need you to go here. I don't need to bring any of my bullshit that I'm bringing in from me trying to push back, trying to fix my mistake. Um, and so I saw this happen and I can, I can still see this dude's eyes. And like, this is the second time I've done this to this dude. Like, the same dude, I was like, you gotta give me more two and a half. I was not being a gentleman. And, uh, you know, pull the guy aside and I say, hey, I'm sorry. I was, I was flustered, blah, blah, blah. I went here. I went further and I bought the crew some milkshakes. And I said, hey, let me break this down. This is everything I did wrong the other day. This is what really good. If it wasn't for these two guys, the fire would have been a total shit show. And these guys saved the day. If it went for this, you guys did this good, this good, good. But I want you to know something. If I'm going to throw myself under the bus constantly, when I tell you that you're not doing something right, when I'm managing you, right? If, and I'm not right, not right or wrong. When I say, hey, you've got you to gotta mask up with your gloves on. It's not personal. That is not personal. Because the expectation is, is that I'm going to be overwhelmed until I get a thousand more of these under my belt, right? And once I start cycling through, I might have a thousand of these under my belt, but when a firefighter goes down in a mayday, that's my first one, right? And then all of a sudden my cycle is disrupted. But if that firefighter at the door on writ is putting their stuff on, their expectations done, I'm cycling in my next decision from a class I took or cycling next to something I've, I've studied or I've practiced. And that's that part of it is like this self-accountability. So I think a good leader has to be accountable for their own actions. If you're going to be about guys, you know, having fitness, you better be one working out. I know where I have hills I'll die on, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I think that that's what makes that person approachable. You have to have, you have to be able to respect that leader. And there's going to be no respect. It'll be superficial if you're faking it. It'll be super, like fake it till you make it. How about you tell guys, I'm learning it. I'm not faking this, guys. I'm learning this role. I'm going to ask you for help. I'm going to X, Y, or Z. Don't be an officer who says, well, you know what? Let me test you on something. I was thinking about this call and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a teaching moment what would you do in this call no no i would actually say hey alex dude i've never had a called in fire alarm that's in trouble we can't get in the building dude have you ever had this you, you are we gonna pop the door i'm not 100 sure I, I know i could call the shift commander but has this ever happened and you're like oh no no dude call dispatch you're gonna hear this you're gonna go through that you're gonna confirm it here and you'll be good Thank you, Alex. But if I just leave, if I just fake it, if I just, you'll know it. And I've lost you probably for my career. Right? Yeah. And so it's, 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 so to me, it's not about leading so much like, you know, there's a statue at the uh, Infantry Museum in Fort Benning. I love it. It's a, it's an officer. And he's pointing over a hill and he says, you know, the, 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 the motto of the United States Army Infantry is follow me. And, you know, that first one over the hill, you know what, that first one over the hill is going to take a bullet. More than likely, right? You're putting yourself out there first. But what makes the other people go? Because your action to take a bullet 
was was worth and it's inspiring and it's enough. And so when Alex is now in charge, you're not going to feel bad about calling me and I'm at the other station. You're like, hey, dude, you know what? I got something a little bit different this time. You know, uh, I'm in I'm in the room and there's a little bit of smoke and it's wafting and it's lazy. I'm going to say, Alex, hey, we're going to do this. Dot, 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 dot. Right? But you're not going to fake it. That vulnerability of being able to ask a question, then you get confidence. And, and, it's, and it's just that thing. You're only as strong as a leader as the people that are going to be able to, to, to move with you, you know? And so I think that's what happens. Teach your guys to do basic things. Mac up with your gloves on, throw a ladder by yourself, boy, 200 foot by yourself, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because, because as a leader, you've got your shit to do. Yeah. I don't need to micromanage that. So yeah. It's like an internal checklist, right? Like you don't have right. to come back. You know, the job's being taken care of. You know that he's going to pull the cross leg to the door and you don't have to think about it. They're going to check it. They're going to check for a victim behind the door. Like if you're training people to do all those things while you are doing officer stuff or whatever it is, you you don't have to think about it. You show up, you know, right. you're ready to work. Like that's definitely right. like the mentality we should all get into. And I think um, I, that's another part of this, this renaissance. If we've branded it that in a way uh, asking why uh, independent, independent operators but not really right we're still a team but like you you get a firefighter and you tell them to do uh, go force that door you shouldn't have to guide them on anything if you've trained them properly and i think that's where we're really we're transitioning to that where the firefighter and it's probably by necessity right i don't know what you guys run on your rigs we run three and it's going to become two because the guy's standing at the pump panel right and so in that scenario, the firefighters got to be able to do a lot of stuff without their officer having any direct supervision because they're going to get out and do a 360 or they're going to go bird dog it and try to maybe go up the stairs a little bit and try to locate the fire. Like you're going to have to hump some hose by yourself. Like there's a lot of things that we're having to do out of necessity now with smaller companies that I think people have to be more uh, that independence, that 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 cognitive um, recall without being needed to, or sorry, without needing to be spoon fed what to do. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, um, that, I, I, so that's, uh, that, that's the part of it where, um, you know, I, I, there, how do we even say this? Cause I don't want to be polite, but I also want to be a gentleman about it. That, so like our Renaissance, there are also a lot of fake, Van Goghs and a lot of fake Picassos out there. Like there is a lot of not organic stuff. And and what what it, what, what kind of gets me going this route is, um, we collectively, if if we can if we can filter out a lot of the bullshit and, and just keep this this renaissance towards the trade, right? Because I, I do, like, I don't have my own personal social media. I do the one for our department uh, training. But, like, I, I noticed this thing where, you know, you can go far left or far right, politics or whatever. And you can go that way with, with you know, a media profile. What you think, what, what people think you, you are going to be, what you're about. And, you know, when it gets to the so far on the left side of virtue signaling, or you get so far on the right side of, you know, we're hardcore, um, 
you know, you're missing the one thing here and, and it's just the work that matters. And um, my hope is that we can dial in and truly define what's going to happen in our education because, um, and I don't, oh, fuck, who says this? It might have been Aaron too, but uh, I think it's Aaron, uh, the, the fire service industrial complex, right? Like this machine that that is running the information for our fire academies, that runs information for you know the, the manuals. Like why we have PFAS, you know that were cool by the NFPA. Why rigs don't have to have true, uh, you know, direct plumbing that doesn't you know goes that kind of uh, disrupts the balance between theoretical and applicable. And so here's this issue that we have, where if we can truly designate a three-man company to be a self-sufficient team and we just we haven't we haven't locked this down like carpenters um where our language is so is so streamlined like our engines don't have to look the same but we both have three guys on our rigs and we both lose somebody at the pump panel and we both have to have working bosses and we both have to have firefighters or heads on a swivel and so this is one of the things and I don't know if it's original, but it's one of the things that I've I've been teaching is it's a it's a part of that rule of three that, you know, it's this constant that's been happening now um, is, you know, if an officer is responsible for a 360 and you're the driver, you're responsible for a 180. You own the domain from your engine to the home, hydrant to hydrant. You don't I don't need you to look at anything behind it. I own that 360, but you back me up on the 180. And the pipemen, they back me up on a 90. They control their domain. And if you look at that, all of a sudden, we have if this, then that thinking. We can take the skills that we have, and let's just say you're the driver. We have new guy pipemen, and I'm your step-up boss for the day. And we have a Charlie side fire, and we pull up. You see a hydrant 50 foot in front of me. You call it out. See, Sam, we've got a hydrant I can tag. Okay, cool. When you... When I go do my 360, you know, engine, whatever, we've got our own hydrant. They know that they're going to back down. They're not going to have to bring anything else to you. They're happy. You know, you're controlling traffic for me. Hey, truck, back down. Hey, next engine, come up. Like, there are assumed roles that I can give you without having to have my ego stepped on. If there becomes emergency traffic, you know to shut the hell up. But in your 180, you're responsible. I come around and make my circle. I say, Alex, uh, you know, we're going to be stretching the Charlie side. You say, Sammy, I see smoke coming from the chimney. Alex, it's a basement fire. Thanks, dude. You know, all units be advised. You look, uh, you, they have a basement fire, dot, 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 dot. And so all of this assumed thinking of this and that, that pipeline's like, cool, I have to own the 200 feet all the way to the Charlie side. So I'm going to stretch the back set, this, hook a left, hook a right. I'm going to reverse my attack bundle, you know, this way, whatever. And it's funny because I could be saying some things to some firefighters with a lot of great experience. They're not going to know what the hell I'm talking about. But my hope is, is that we can get three firefighters to talk that language. And, it's, and it really is simple. Hey, go forward, split, reverse. That's all supply language. But we can apply the same language to attack line. That's golden. It's all the same shit. If we can apply the same 360, 180, 90, and the decisions in there and the information you relay, we create something golden. I just had a fire in Lansing. They had seven guys show up to a slab fire 
And it was great because they had everything done by the time they get there. They did it with seven guys because they're training, right? And, yeah. they're, and they're taking care of their assumed roles and they're communicating and they're doing all the right things. And it's, it's like, and this is what I like about being on a smaller apartment. You talk to any of my pals that are on bigger apartments, they're like, man, you know, you guys go to fires with 12 people. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. You know, like my 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 running joke because I'm a I'm a truck driver now, um, and and is that if it wasn't for freelancing, I wouldn't do any lancing at all. Like I get to do every job on the fire ground. Yeah, like, are you freaking kidding me? And that's why us us you know our our group everything that we're picking up from from the the greats, man. You know you'll you'll you know I'm sure at some point you'll you'll probably get Ray McCormack or Dennis or. Chief Hoff or any of these guys that, are, that come from this, you know, massive amount of pedigree, and we're taking the lessons that they learned and we're dissecting it, and 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 we're, and we're applying it. Finally, we're not just doing some some backyard yokel firefighting. The volunteers, man, they're they're improving their game. They're getting eight up for the job, you know. Yeah. And so that's what I like. I I just want that renaissance to stay right there. No frauds. No frauds allowed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, if you're going to talk about it, you better be able to do it. Yeah. Like it's like, uh, I don't outlaw motorcycle gangs. You can't be in the motorcycle gang. If you can't keep the bike upright. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to do crime, man. You know, and that's, that's what we want of all our guys. You got to perform. So I don't give a shit about your muscles or your workout routine. And I don't care about what, you know, what your attitude is. I care that it, it's this perfect blend. But you want thinking hardcore firefighters, right? You want guys that are just going to be ate up for that job. You so. don't, yeah. You don't want a guy standing in the front yard with a pike pole waiting for someone to tell him what to do, right? Right. right. And and like where I came from in the volunteer world, I started paid on call, and I mean, and it's not like they were bad at the time. They some of it was by necessity because they couldn't train people. I mean, I was a nineteen year old right. oh, kid yeah. with ten minutes out of the academy, and I'm going to fires. And so it was that, but I was fortunate enough in that realm where when we were called back, everyone in the town basically came in and we'd have a six person truck. We'd have an eight person squad. So I could just partner up with a guy who's, you know, been, been a volunteer for, for 40 years or some weird crap like that. And Hey kid, come here. I'll show you. Right. Like, that doesn't even exist in the volunteer world anymore, no. let alone the full-time paid world. Uh, you're right. you're on, and you're on. You're right. and I try to tell our new guys when they get hired, like you're your officer's number two guy. Like, right. y- yeah, like you're talking about the 360, 180, 90, right? Yeah, the, like the engineer for us. Yeah, you're you're doing a lot of assistant work. Hey Lou, what did you, did you see that? Hey Lou, I take care of that for you. Hey, I got this for you. Like you're you're doing a lot of those things, right? But at the end of the day, they're not going inside, right? Right. At the end of the day, like you could have well, a guy our, who's been on for three minutes, and yeah, he's got to recognize flashover conditions. He's got to recognize yeah. where he is in the building. Like those are things that, like, we need to do a better job before they get to that point in fire academies yeah. and, and and so on and so on to to instill that. Like, hey, it's okay for you to think. There's nothing wrong with you well, thinking. So there you go, right? And, and and I think we're, you know, so the the way the way I, I've seen fire academies go, and this is not blasting anybody. This is a general statement because I work for a very good place, uh, and I've 
seen plenty of different, uh, you know, environments, but you know, the, the yelling hardcore shit doesn't teach anybody anything. And I, and I will use this until the day I die. I can guarantee you that if I'm going to have the plumbing done at my house, I want a plumber during their apprenticeship. They never got yelled at. They had a good environment. They learned in, they got taught to think, they got taught to solve problems and they got taught to be calm because you know what? That plumber is not going to kill my family or themselves while they're working on that job. Well, if they sweat the pipe like an idiot, but you see what I'm saying? Like there's no part in that trade where, you know, it's like, hurry up. You got to get 20 elbows in right now. No, no. They're treated like apprentices. I'm going to, I'm going to get you here, get you here. Here are the steps. Here's the objective. There you go. There you go. Now, maybe on the job, you get a lot of shit. That's fine. But our on-the-job training is, there you go. Day one, right out of the door, you can get a fire. And just like that, you're not going to recognize a flashover condition. And you put yourself in a spot where you're not flowing water because you never flowed real water in a, in a learning setting. Right? And that's a, that's a big narrative that the the renaissance is challenging that you can flow water that three people can show up to a house fire and apply you know x amount of gallons from your large diameter hose uh for whatever tip you have and be effective and put a stop on something because they know what they're doing and and, and that's that part of it our on the job training isn't like an apprentice where the tricks of the trade are just going to happen. Like, we're lucky. I have had those people, like, you're, you know, that 40 year volunteer who's like, hey, you know, this is what you want to do, X, Y, and Z. We don't have that. And, and, and like, uh, I look at my department who's getting, becoming extremely young, you know, my time is limited. And as, as that starts to go out, if I'm not one being a good leader by being honest and saying this is where i screw up this is where i get bad this is where i hope you're better when you're in my role blah 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 blah. but then documenting giving them the whys this generation wants to know the why and it, w- w- that's perfect you know if you can't explain it you don't know it yeah Th- that's it that's it and so i i i like where this is going um you know, as as that gets the push, I just I want the the the, the bullshit taken out of it. The 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 frauds that try to you know post an image up. You know, I don't care where your pedigree is from anymore. I care about that you actually know the job. You know, um, and and that's that that's that thing is that you know, like when you when you meet that instructor, and I've had the pleasure to get to meet a lot. I'm just pleasure because I. I'm a nerd, man. I'll take classes. You know the real deal because these guys, they tell you what went bad in their career, right? Um, I, I was thinking of like you were, you were talking about like the crew, you know, like that guy in the front yard with a pike pole. Um, you know, yeah, that, that everyone knows that. I've been that guy. And um, I, I, t- I took this class uh, at the, you t- we were talking about the fools earlier, yeah. uh, the Muddy River Fool they're freaking amazing i'm telling you if you if you ever need some mentorship talk to dave dabowski you're you've got the the, the brew city fools that you got a lot of good mentorship but brother dave is the man he had ray mccormick uh down 
last year and Ray was doing his roller coaster leadership class. And he was talking about his crew being pit bulls. He said, I got I want my crew to be a bunch of dogs. I want a bunch of pit bulls. He says, I want to be able to hold them on the leash and they're cool. They're not ever pulling me. They're always a foot behind me and they're, they're, they're cool. Someone wants to come pet them. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, they'll get the pet. So they'll go on their belly. Right. When I tell them to go bite, they're off the leash and I know what they're going to do. They're going to bite. And I say, stop biting. They're going to come back. Now, you know, if you, anybody looks at it like, oh, you're, you know, the way you're talking about dogs, nah, man, that's loyalty, that's intelligence, that's training, right? And, 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 and if, you know, you know, in that analogy, it was funny because, like, we talked, we were talking about like the, the, the Scooby book, which is good, like the, the mutts thing, you know, the, the, I don't necessarily want a purebred, you know, sometimes the purebreds, they're the dumbest dogs, they're the weakest, the, the, the health problems. I want some pit bull that that's has, you know, all kinds of different mixes in it, but it's a hell of a dog, right? I want yeah. just a good, loyal dog. And when you have that, man, there's nothing better. When you get that, that I guess it would be it's kind of lame to say, like a synergy of a crew. Oh, but you know, that's, that's just, yeah. it just, it's magical. And if you can get them so dialed in where you keep, if this, then that, hey, I step off the rig and I call for a rescue mode, the engineer knows to grab a ladder, right? Yeah. And the officer continues at 360, and the pipeman's masking up, bop, 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 and it's it's seamless. Man, I mean, really, like, like, what are your, the other priorities that you have at that point? Communicate, make a decision, and you absolutely can have plays. You know what? Tanner, no, dude, not Alpha, Charlie. Okay, you have a ladder in your hand. Yeah. You're, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so... Here it is. Here's the leash. Pull you back. No, no, no. Go bite there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. I, I that's. I think that that's the next evolution in training firefighters. We're right there. Everyone recognizes it, and, it, and yeah. that's what it's. It's becoming that right. Even when I go take a class now, for the most part, and every so often I still get one of those weird where you're four person company, which like that just. And, and I get it at the same time. So I, I was I was looking into uh, – I love Bobby Halton, and I've been a Bobby Halton oh, fan, yeah. right? And, and and one of the things he did for fire engineering was he would never post an article. And I didn't know this. I don't remember where I heard it. He would never post an article about short-staffed companies ever. And the reason behind that was because he didn't want some – chief or some administrator to pick that up and go, oh, those guys make it happen with with three, with two. And I'm not advocating for two. My God, three is the absolute minimum that you can really do. But so he would never post articles about that, which is which is great. He was trying to protect us. And I'm all about, you know, that about trying to keep our staffing models up. But now we're at a point where like that's reality. So whether or not we want it to be a three person engine company is irrelevant. That's what we're living in. So we need to right. shift to train to be able to do that. And you need to, I don't know, we have to learn new techniques. I don't even know what industry standard stuff exists. Like nozzle forward, it's still two per- people, right? And that mm-hmm. changed my life, and I'm all about nozzle forward. And, yeah, you could do, a, you know, like a clamp slide, and you could do those things by yourself, but on carpet, upstairs, like you have to find ways to just do it 
without real techniques, and I don't know where the, those techniques have, are going to exist and come out, but they're not yeah. quite there yet where they're widespread, where we're teaching that type of engine company or truck company. Yeah, so, dude, so this goes into the training officer thing, um, and I like anybody, I'm not like, oh, I've been a, a thousand fires. It's just, I, I, I'm lucky. I got a community to the east of us that, that goes to a lot more fires. They didn't have fires. I don't think I'd go to any. But um, had a fire where I was a, a guest a guest driver, and uh, it was one of those calls for rescues. They get a call. That, you know, there's a, a family on a balcony. The captain's real calm gentleman. is like, all right, we're going to rescue mode. And I was a second due engine, and I go to get a water supply. And I'm looking. And I'm at the hydrant, so I, I, you know, pull five inch, I get to the hydrant, it's on a corner, and I have this 180 view. That's why I love calling it the 180. And I got this 180 view as I'm turning, and th there are guys, assholes with ladders, left and right. You know, and as people are coming off of balconies, there's a tower ladder going up. And I see the driver of the first engine, he's a step-up driver. Now, he's not a ranked engineer, but this dude's eight up. He loves training. He's pulling off the back, off the rear and he gets a hose, hose bundles to the door and the way he gets them flaked out. And the way the crews, by the time I made it in, because our guys, it's actually a part of our SOG. If you're the second up driver, third up driver, um, you, you better get your ass inside after you've, you've supported. And I get to make it in and seeing the way this line came out. Now, and like you, you nailed it. Like, hey man, what techniques are there? It is the refinement of applicable and theoretical. And we've been doing too much theoretical for so long. Like the theoretical of pistol grips. Like, all right, everyone doesn't like them, but, but why? L let me tell you the why. Take your automatic adjusting fog nozzle at 164 PSI and put it here in full water. Or take that same you know nozzle with the same PSI and put it an arm's length in front of you with a bail off to the left and control it with the hip grip. But you have to have that repetition and like again we're you know like that recognition prime decision making once you're you know you elevate your heart past 120 audible exclusion everything happens your technique falls out and you deviate to pulling guarding hose because that's what you do the most you wash more rigs than you fight fires that's the bottom line right and um and some of us wash more rigs than others so um the, the, the point that I'm getting to is, is if we can get there, Alex, like there is a way. And I'm not saying, oh, I, holy shit, I figured it out. Yeah. But the simple shit, the way this captain has been working with his crew training, it worked. Because he said rescue and there are assholes coming out of every corner with the ladder. Yeah. Right. He says we're going offensive, interior, you know, skid low, bop, 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 bop. The driver, without making a hesitation, estimates the stretch. Right. And to see that now we have plenty of fires that go left or right. The last fire I, I had where I was a step up guy screwed that fire up. And to see where that can get corrected in training, to see where we can fix that, we're like right there, dude. But I think I think we have like I so you, you're a training guy too, right? When you go through your JPRs, like look at what your you know your three year plan, what it says for pulling hose, you know, pull a charge attack, pull a, you know, dry attack line to blah, blah, blah for interior entrance into a structure. It does not say anything about 
pull a line of the Charlie side of the building for a basement fire attack with a, uh, with a, uh, a setback from door to fence of 15 feet. How do you manage 100 foot? We got it. Dude, we got it. The, we, the, that information is there. It's just, you know, rural anywhere, United States or suburbs of Chicago or Chicago or New York. We are just not on the same page of that. And, you you know, people say it all the time, but you do want thinking firefighters. You do want guys that are back at the job that challenge you because they're they're curious. But you get a curious firefighter who comes in and is like, hey, why do we have a pistol grip? And you're like, because. Okay, well, we all know we don't like because. Yeah. And, hey, dude, indulge that. Well, tell me what you think. All right, prove me wrong. You know, just talking to a pal who's a wrestler, um, he was like, you know, you, you get a kid on the wrestling mat, you're like, no, 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 coach, I want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. It's like, okay, why don't you do it your way and, and show me how it goes? And it's like two two out barbecue or something like that. Like you screw up two times and you're barbecued. You're benched. You're out, you know? And, you know, you can prove by the work, hey, man, the hip grip is going to work here and it's not going to work when you make this right if your partner hasn't pushed the hose left. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in 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 drill, your JPRs don't reflect that. No. And so nobody shows a training officer that you know. If I told you an engineer's throw or a contractor's throw, you might know it. You may not. You might have different language for it. But we should all understand that there's a benefit and a negative for fly out, fly in, whatever, whatever. But it's a decision. Yeah. Right. And 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 here's that thing. You know. Um, and I, and I love that this is an outlier. I hope that your show, by the time, you know, you hang up the mic, we don't have outliers, dude. Like, if we can have, and it's a dream, I'm going to dream like John Lennon over here. Um, <laughs> dude, if we can have a point, like, how much better, like, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be antagonistic, the turds versus us. I'm, I'm the turds turd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my job should be I want everyone to perform to the bar here, but we set the bar so low and then our other actions, everything else we do in the firehouse just screws that all up. So I, I, I hope this momentum, you know, if, if we, if we can keep that going, but do it with some love, do it with some respect, stop talking so much shit, guys, stop stabbing people in the back. I know more people that will just smile on your face and shake your hand and just as soon as you walk away, you know, they're, they're just, you know, yeah, yeah. have it out. Don't shake people's hands. If you don't like somebody, tell them, but still work. You're still here for the same reason, you know? And so I, I, I think we're, you know, to like round that back to the warrior thing, like that's the truth of it. There's no bullshit in the foxhole. Like they, they say there's no atheists in the foxhole. And I think that metaphor is, is that there's no bullshit. You, you only have one reality. And here's our reality. If you don't like me and I don't like you, neither of us really want each other to die on the job. And so we have to raise that bar. That bar has to be freaking right here. And unfortunately, the fire service that we inherited is influenced by two different manufacturers of, of books, and they don't agree on a lot of things. Yeah, that is then, really... Right. That's tough. And... and 
Sorry, dude. No, the, the book. <laughs> no, the, I, I'm with you. And the 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 book is not the reality. And and I get that there has to be some sort of standard type thing where people sit down and they decide what's probably the best for everyone. But I'm, that's not just our struggle either. In our area, everyone's dealing with that same thing. How do you teach firefighters to really be firefighters? Like to get rid of that ramp up period where you get out of the academy and then, you know, you end up on the job and someone comes up and goes, all right, you learned all that stuff in the academy. This is how it really is in the street. Like there shouldn't even be a gap like that. It should just come out of the academy and you're kind of into that. Yeah, you got to teach things at a crawl, walk, run pace. But there is there's a point like I never in the fire academy. I never was on a hose line with less than four people ever. Right. Yeah. You're an engine company. And no, since then. I probably was on a hose line with more than two people a handful of times. Right. Right? And, right. And luckily, like, yeah, there's things that exist, like nozzle forward. I mean, we could talk about that all friggin' night. I it, I thought I knew how to move line, and then I did that class, and I was like, I was terrible. And yeah. as I've gotten older, like, I also, like you were talking about before with technique and all that, like, I, when I was in my early 20s, and I was just a kid coming down to the firehouse and going to fires... Like, my body was fine. If I was bad at something, it didn't matter. Like, I'm not huge, <laughs> but I'm six feet right. tall. Like, I'm a bigger guy. And, like, yeah. I was a heel man for everything. And I was good at yeah. it because I just was big and I threw hose. Well, now I'm realizing, like, there, I just kind of bowled through things and I never actually had any strategy. And then, you know, I took nozzle forward and I was like, oh, my God. I'm not tired from humping hose. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to do the job, not just get all the hosts of the place to do the job. So, Have you taken any of Hiddle's classes, Sam Hiddle? Uh, I've heard the name, but no, I haven't. Dude, Sam Hiddle is what Aaron does for engine. Sam Hiddle has done for truck and does for truck. Yeah. So, I, I and like, this is what I really enjoy talking about you is like, you're very willing to like put yourself out there for what you're gonna, what you've said or what you've done and that you change or you, you know, like, hey man, I had to do it this way. So, um, I came up in in the early fire service and volunteer to full time was an eight pound, you know, axe is the only axe for fourth entry. And a 12 pound sledge is probably the best thing you can bring to a roof. And like, dude, like, that's why I wanted to get jacked. Like, all right, man, I'm going to bring a you know, 10-pound sledgehammer to a roof of eight-pound flathead. And Hiddle, who's, you know, he's pretty jacked, dude. But he is, uh, I think he has a master's in physics. During his presentation, like, he picks up, a you know, uh, he calls everything hammers. kind of cool. But, you know, an axe, an eight-pound axe and a six-pounder. He says, all right, you know, hold them both at the same height. Which one do you want to hit your foot? And everyone's like, six pounds. And then he says, all right leave the eight foot where it is, but you take the six foot and you put it here. Which one do you want to hit your foot? And everyone's like, not the six pounder, or the eight pounder, right? The six pounder is going to hurt more because it has inertia, it has force and energy. And like, yeah, like we get taught this ego thing. Like, you, oh man, if it's a six pounder, you're not throwing a real tool. You want a surgeon with your tool. Yeah. If you can't be a surgeon with an eight pounder, you better go to a six pounder and it doesn't make anything less. It's so it's it's just it's just so funny. Like it, it's like um so Bullshito, you ever heard of Bullshito? Oh. So so it's this there's this whole it's it's like the fire service in a way. It's like this group of outliers that have been teaching people, you know, the last you know, twenty years. Um, there's this 
one of the guys that, that follows this, he's a Chinese um, uh, MMA fighter. And he goes around, and he'll fight Wing Chun fighters and uh, uh, Shaolin monks and all this stuff. And he's been banned. He's had all his fighting licenses taken away because he exposes a lot of martial arts for not being legit. Like the form and the function is not real. And it's all based out of simple things. You hear it from Sam, you hear it from Aaron, the triangle, rule of threes, et cetera, et cetera. And this fighter is just destroying these other guys because his techniques are based in truth. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, wrestling, uh, uh, sambo, boxing, Muay Thai, just sound, solid mechanics, solid technique, right? And they're not based off of brawn. They're not based off of ego. They're not based off of, you know, show and tell. So what's what's cool, and, 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 it, and it, it, you know, as long as it keeps that next generation sees this, that it is about technique. It is about learning a trade. It is about being smart about the job. You know, yeah, blue-collar job. And, you know, I could dare say that electricians can be just as smart as some doctors that I know, for sure, right? You know, so... Uh, you know, it, it is an intelligent job. It's just a violent job, right? We have a yeah. violent job, and and it has to be that. It has to be this mix of intelligence and violence and ethos and all this other stuff. So, yeah. Sorry. I just... No, I. That's what this is all about, man. It's <laughs> like I, <laughs> I keep every so often. I keep checking like the you know the stuff to give you a heads up about what we're gonna chat about, and it's like there's no whatever. We're just. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. We're just talking to talk, and that makes it even dude. I'm, I, I'm just eyeing the toys back there. I I I, I know, know Ruby and Ari would be into it, and you you your guys would be interested in our play play yeah, area. Yeah, I'm digging it. <laughs> My ADD is getting to me at some point. Oh, no, that's good. Oh man, I like the treehouse. I mean, we got we got climbing blocks. We got yes. We've got we got everything down here. Although my little one's starting to climb, and he's not yeah. afraid of anything right now. He's climbing up. We have a cardboard slide upstairs in one of their rooms, and he's climbing up it, and he's not even one yet. We're like, dude, stop. <laughs> like, yeah. we can't. <laughs> you got to stay. Is, how is that for you, like, being – because I know you got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Like, because that was like – like, I have my issues. You know, I've had my issues throughout my life, you know, relationships and stuff, and nothing has ever been more real than having kids. Because just at the beach with my kids – and you know the day before with the storms there was uh, rip currents rip tides whatever and like i've never had my head more on a swivel and been more nervous trying to have a good time yeah in my life like you're on the job you got a cardiac you know full arrest or you're pinning or whatever you're you're enjoying it because you're doing what you want to do and you're protective of the people and you're protective of this but like this thing that that happened now with having kids like Man, it's it's a whole it's a whole nother realm of growing. Yeah, you know you know yeah. what I mean. Like when when I so my wife doesn't work now, but she did work when with my first son. So I would do my twenty four forty eight, and for that forty eight, it was me and my son at home, and that was it. And, yeah. And what I learned about myself in those moments was that I lacked my I lacked patience. I needed to learn more patience. Uh, the things from fire service coming over and like you're talking about like muscle and things into place and not technique and all that stuff. And the, the phrase that I love is when firemen, when plan A doesn't work, we try plan A harder, right? 
Like, that was me in a nutshell with a lot of things in my life. And, you know, until you're – until you got a kid who's squirming and screaming at you and all you want to do is change the poopy diaper on – you know, on the top of the changing table, and no matter what you say, no matter what you do, he doesn't care. He's going to keep rolling. He's going to keep screaming, and you just got to fight through it. You can't reason with him. You can't talk your way out of it. You're just at the mercy of that kid screaming at you and flipping around. Like, I didn't know that I needed more patience in my life until I was experiencing those things, and I've grown so much more because of that now where it's like, like I can't control this. It's okay. Like yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. It's gonna be all right. If I get some poop on something, it's okay. <laughs> I can wipe it up later. And but it, it's a total. It was a total shift. And and it's taught me patience now into other things in my life, including the fire service. Right about not trying to control every little thing. And there's some things that you just gotta roll with. Pun intended. Hopefully not roll into poop. But like. Yeah. You just gotta live with some of those things, and I'm not on the. I'm not. It's not like I'm on the other end of that. I still am like, you know. There's times where you know you get frustrated with a kid. Like my my oldest doesn't like to eat as much right now, and so you're like, dude, I literally just cooked you all this yeah. food, like really. And for a moment, because we're so used to being able to control, right? And especially like yeah. the fire side, yeah, we can control some, but like on the ambulance side of it, like you really. You dictate what's ha- what happens, right? You're oh, in yeah. complete control. You're pushing the medication. Every action you do, like, it, it's not like there's a weird, crazy dynamic that can't be explained or like a fluke thing that happens, like a wind-driven fire or somebody opens yeah, a window right. you don't know about, right? If you're treating someone with low blood sugar, they got low blood sugar. It's not that hard, right? You just give them the medicine. So you're in complete control. But with I, I learned, like, with with having kids and taking care of children – you have no control over anything no. at all. And no. and it and it pushed me to be more patient and communicate better and be more calm with things because they just amp up when you're amped up. I mean, what a parallel to the fire ground. Everyone gets amped up when you're amped up and trying to figure yeah. out how to do those things. So, yeah, change, kids, yeah. kids totally changed me. Totally different man. Right? 100%. You're speaking of my soul. I was <laughs> like, it was like flickering in my head, you know, as you said that. So my, tonight I read my daughter. Um, it's like one of the got this huge volume of Dr. Seuss books about reptiles, and we got to a crocodile and I showed a crocodile eating something, and she was like, "Why is a crocodile eating that little guy?" Because she's super into you know little pets, like little cute things, and she saw a little cute crocodile, and then she saw a crocodile eating something. She's like, well, "Why is it eating it?" And like I feel like so confident, you know, at the job, like, "Oh, well, because you know what nozzle reaction would go." Spells out the tip, you know, I can, and you know what? I probably have more guys that are like, oh, fuck. you know, <laughs> you just tune out and they're just, okay, I get it now. Well, my daughter's like, well, why? Why do they eat each other? I said, well, because when we eat, you know, energy, I'm like trying really hard. Why did, why, why do we have, why do we need energy there? Well, we need energy because that's what sustains us. Like I try, I try to just really give it to her. You're getting the whiteboard maybe, out. Like, all right, we're maybe, gonna- <laughs> maybe that's going to stop the why. Cause I know it's ridiculous. I know I don't have to ex- explain, you know, cellular structure to her, but I just start jamming. I'm like, Oh, it's because of this. She's like, why, why, why? And at the end, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know why we exist. <laughs> you know, like, holy shit, you know, like, and, and like, for my parallel of that is like you just you just can't know everything 
and 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 again like i think we talked about it like you get to this point like when i think about who captain sam could have been or could be he's also going to tell me you don't know everything you have to figure it out you know you have to and that's you got no other choice though you know hey your kid doesn't want to eat you have to figure it out yeah right guess who's getting chicken and if you, if, you, if you go the negligent <laughs> side you're a bad parent <laughs> you got to figure it out dude yeah. right it, it's so it, it's just funny that that parallel because you can grow as much as you want in the firehouse those guys aren't your kids no to a degree they gotta listen to you right yeah, at some point or sometimes right at some point you know it's or they go away right exactly your kid's diaper right? is never gonna change itself no right no no it, and it just keeps it keeps going more yeah. you know it so it's it's cool. It's it's cool that kind of growth. It's it's cool to be able to talk to that about it. You know, yeah. It's, weird things, or I should say weird things, but things you would never expect to change you. And yeah. and yeah, being a parent, obviously everyone anticipates it's going to change you. But like, I didn't realize the the level and like at my core of what it's done for me. Yeah. In every aspect of my life, right? So yeah. It's obviously I love I love it and I love my kids and like it. It's awesome. I, yeah, yeah. You could tell, man. Yeah, it's great. Kids, kids are awesome, man. Yeah, it it changes everything, and it and it. Well, it's it's a lot like this. It just it's the drive to, you know. We know the world is shitty. I mean, like, like let let's call it what it is, man. The freaking Gulf current's going to collapse. Whatever's happening in the, you know politics and country falling apart or the world wars, but you just want to make the world better for them, right? That's it. Like, that's your only, like, I want them to have a good life. I want the world to be good. And that's what we want for our guys. That's what we want for ourselves. We want to go and have a good day. We want, and, and like, that's the other thing. I was I was talking with our recruits. I was like, I don't want anyone to get burnt up in a fire. That's the reality. I got a pal. He's one of my best friends. Um, he had a family member that died in a fire. And this kid is an aggressive fireman, you know, and he loves going to fires. And it, and it really hit me that, Guys like him, it's not that they wish for fires. They want to be the guy that does the work. And, like, there's no better thing to me than being the person that, hey, you know, Alex is here. Alex, go fix that on the roof. Alex, hey, man, get down there, dot, 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 give me a report, you know. And I, I can't, I just can't imagine, I know there's that small percentage of people that are just here for the check. Maybe it's larger. But I, I would hope that that we can show that 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 there you can learn and that it can be positive and that it can be a good thing because it's it's a lot like raising kids you know like you have to raise you have to raise them the right way you yell at them they're going to yell back you you say it's going to be this way you can't explain something they're going to ask why if you bullshit about it they're going to know you lied at some point right yeah <laughs> and oh, so yeah. and so. So it's it's just it's just really cool, man. You know, you, when we talked about you know you know changing changing your mindset to from where you were, I'm always going to be that turd. But I know I'm that turd, and so there's nothing you're going to tell me <laughs> that's 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 going to change that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that that you can say that's going to you can't hurt me about that. You know, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this point in the show. I will we'll throw this out here too. If anyone has questions for Sammy, uh, throw throw them in here. 
Uh, last time I didn't do such a good job, and I lost all you guys because there's like a 10-second delay. <laughs> so if you got anything, throw it in there. Otherwise, we're going to roll into a couple things. Uh, I th- we're, so we're coming on almost two hours here, which it doesn't feel like it, which is awesome. Um, and uh, we've, we've talked about all the stuff in the middle, so I think I would, uh, maybe we could roll into um, the closing questions that I have and – I'm pretty sure those will take us a half hour at least anyway. So it'll be good. Um, I, I've kind of been trying to tweak these, and I really am trying to pull the right – or give the right question to get, like, the information that I'm, I'm trying to make people think about, right? So very first one, and we've talked about this theme multiple times tonight, and that's uh, what's one mistake that you've made that you've learned from? Oh yeah, I'll just put on on the last 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 job I had, uh, where I was I stepped up was uh, a long story short, um, responded for an AFA, and had the laziest smoke I've ever seen, and um, I had one thing on my mind. It's you know, twelve in the morning, these guys are going to be out you know in staging, you know. I got nothing. This is probably just a burnt up Glade plug-in. Let the get the guys to go to sleep. Just send them back. Return them right away. You know, blah 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 blah. And you know, the pipeman I had was good. The ambulance company I had with me, it was it, my, the the station response was good. And like that that pit of the my stomach that that was just like, oh shit! Like there's something wrong here. But this other part of me was like, oh, you know, the guys want to go back to sleep. The guys, you know, can free up for another call. And, you know, it turned out to be a pretty good fire or a decent one um, in a a unit below us um, that was pushing smoke through uh, uh, laughing plaster, then a a stud space, and then communicated, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's interesting. Anyway was you know to to stay focused on what your sog is it gives you clear direction like the rules are the rules the rules of engagement are the rules like you take that one moment to be lax and be the nice guy or the cool guy like ah we got this no dude like go above and beyond like "Ah, you know what i got a bad feeling here i don't care if i hold you here for 15 more minutes you know what in fact no, everyone come up. Let's figure this out. And you know what? If it turned out to be nothing that night and the guys are like, oh, man, Sammy's, you know, you know, kind of gun shy about this. I already had it, you know, where I've been on that call 99 times where it was bullshit. And on the hundredth time, it was real. I don't care now what people would have thought about following the rules. That's one of those things with like LDDM. It's, it's interesting. Um is that there is black and white. There's 100% the rules. And when you deviate, you know, um, you you put yourself in that role. If you can justify it left or right, that's, you know, okay. You make a decision on it. Um, you know, the actions that I, I did take, they, they were right for, for this, and we, we did appropriate response. But what I learned about myself is to just to slow that down and to realize, like, what are my steps? You know, we talk about a mental checklist, hit, hit, hit. And when you don't have experience 
you don't have experience like say driving or pumping or X or Y, be able to ask, be able to own up, be able to say, shit, I got a question. Hey, this doesn't look right. You know? Um, so I think like recently, like that is something I'm going to share for the rest of my career for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome lesson there for sure. Um, over the course of your career, uh, have you ever lost your, your passion for the fire service? And uh, oh. if so, what, what, what keeps you passionate now? It's, it's, uh, I think that the loss of my passion was called Tuesday. I think it happens. <laughs> it, it, it happens once a week. Um, so no, I lost my passion. The biggest, um, in 2016, I, I had a guy who wrote me up for having too many tools. He didn't like that. I bought my own tools and, uh, it was constant, you know, oil and water kind of thing. Um, and, and I just saw an environment that, you know, it, it just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I, um, I tested and it, it, so I actually tested out West, I actually got hired uh, out West and I decided to ride before I took the job. And I went there and I see two guys arguing in the bay. And then I noticed that the firehouse was just like my firehouse. And, you know, no matter what was on social media, it was, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, it was like, wow, man, same circus, different clowns. And I, you know, I had this transition of years where I was putting in this work and it just seemed fruitless, man. Like nothing was coming from it. And all I did was get beat up by people whose opinions didn't matter you know uh, people who i would shake their hands but hate them i should have just stopped shaking their hands i should have just stopped engaging in that bullshit. but what i did is i turned it on myself and i said well the world here sucks the thing that changed was i dug my heels in and i was just talking to a fellow from from your neck of the woods um i said digging my heels in didn't happen because it was just me and I'm, I'm tough and I could do it. I was able to do it because I had support and I found, I told my friend, uh, or told, I think he's my friend now, but I, I told this gentleman, I said, find your Mikey. There's, there's a, a guy in my department. He, he's like my little brother. And he went with me to all the classes. And when I showed him the information, he ate it up. Now he's teaching me stuff. Now he's calling me out. I'm like, nah, bro, you're wrong, Sam. I'm like, bro, you're right. And that changed everything because once I had Mike, people didn't see Mikey like the turd I was because Mikey has been a gentleman. Mikey has had that part where Mikey has been stellar his whole career to me, at least, uh, I think to almost everybody. And once he came, he brought in another. And once another came, another. And another and then the conversation happens and i'm watching and i'm hearing a story about hey you know mikey and so-and-so were training in the bay and the person that was training with mikey would never be in the bay with me and i realized like man you know like that's 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 awesome to also realize i was a part of the problem to also realize i couldn't do it alone and to also realize that digging your heels in meant taking the shit, you know and so you know, the, the, the biggest thing was finding that support, but things like this, this is just like when I, uh, Ron says it all the time, you know, I'll, I'll go out and I'll teach with them or we'll go, you know, I'll go to a class that he's teaching at. And, uh, 
we're, you know, having a beer and, and shooting the shit, talking shop with a bunch of guys. And it could be a bunch of students. It could be all the heavy hitters, you know, like, you know, all the, you know, it's what's good. What's so great about some of the conferences is that you can just hang out like, oh, shit, you know, Brian Brush is around the corner. You know, I'm going to ask, him, ask a, a question about the Camelo lot. And like, you know, um, th that's that thing is you, you get your battery recharged. And, and that was a part of it is finding that group. It, it, like, it, I'll plug him a little bit, but my, my pal Clem does uh, the Yard Foundation and Hifty. Like, Hifty is like that satire thing. But the part of that there is what they do through the Yard is they find like this community and a true community of guys who really give a shit. And you get that through this, you get that through conferences. And, uh, that, that was, that was the biggest part, man. It, it, it brought back my passion. And so whenever, you know, Tuesday, Monday, Friday, whatever day I choose to lose my passion this week, cause I'm feeling beat up, I text Mikey or I text Adam, you know, I, I text Aaron, you know, Hey dude, have you seen this roof? And they're like, oh shit, look at this. Da, da, da. You know, they send me something or they just bet or they just, you know, you got to find your Mikey, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome advice. I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry. That's no, <laughs> um, this one always, I asked this one, uh, on shift yesterday, uh, around the dinner table. Cause this is, I tried to phrase it better, and uh, I stole it out of a book. I can't remember what the name of the book, but I changed the, the phrasing a little bit to be more fire service-y. And uh, it's, if you wanted to give someone a sense of how the fire service culture should work by meeting one person, who would it be, alive or dead? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would just, just just the conversations that I've had with them one-on-one -on -one or any of the times in classes, it's fields a hundred percent. If you look, listen to his field uh, or his keynote address, um, you know, because for, for me, you know, the initial part of the fire service uh, for me, there was a lot of racial bullshit that I saw and I hated it. It's changed a ton. It's a 180. It's, it's completely different now. But, you know, his background with his pops and uh, his brother and his life in general, you know, and then us being able to accept each other as a culture and what we're going to build, it would have to be him because there, there's no more part of it where, you know, you when you look for wisdom or you look for, you know, um, advice or you're looking for direction, you want that pedigree, you want you know, uh, understanding and you want patience and you want somebody who's, who knows how to get their ass kicked. You know, um, some of my best friends right now are guys that, you know, train not only the fire service, but they, they hit the gym, not just working out, but like they go and they get their ass kicked rolling on the mat, you know? And, um, he, Aaron embodies that, like he has his own gym and, and there's nothing more to me that says the fire service about you you get knocked down constantly you, you know we kind of get used to you know medical calls you know they go left or right because there's nothing you can control about you know trouble breathing other like get a cpap let me get this let me get that and you have that control um but we also take getting put down on the mat at a fire like really bad 
And I, I think it should it should also round itself out to like when we screw up, like we need to go hit the mat even harder. We need to go back in the gym even harder. And that's what he says. You know, um, you you have to look at yourself and self reflect. You know, every day. So it would it definitely be him. Yeah, awesome, awesome person as an ambassador to everything. Uh, and and if you if you're still listening live here too, he's actually he's going to be in Bartlett. Yeah, dude. And uh, Hell yeah. So I'm going because uh, I'll you, see you there. Yeah, when you go once, you get to go free again. And uh, my training officer, he didn't believe that at first. I was like, no, like, you, yeah, you can. And I, I actually, I get on. This is and Aaron Fields is amazing. So I, I go on a website, I email, and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. He might not let me go. Like, I, I'm going to go. I know that that's what your thing is. I just need to be able to explain it to him, and like, I have to be able to be uh, approved by the department because if I get hurt, like, I'm screwed and, right. like, I got a family to take care of. And he's like, yeah, you talk to – like, can I just call you on the phone? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Call up Aaron Fields on the phone and talk to him about the whole thing. And he goes, yeah, I'll call your training officer. I'll call Bartlett, whatever you need. Just show up. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why he's the embodiment of it, man. Right? Uh, it's – it's so – I'll see you there. He's not driving cool. a Bentley. Yeah. There, there are guys in the fire service that uh, they cost like 5,000 bucks a weekend and you got to fly, you know, like, and I get it. That's their jam. That's what they do, you know, um, but nobody I know lets you come to their class for free no. or not even free. You called it an audit. You took the class, come back and get yeah. the work in. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. That to me, that embodies the fire service because again, you know, you're not hoarding it. There's no magic. And like we do that a lot with the engine class. You know, I just, I took Slayer's class. We, uh, Chris Slayer does the exponential engine, took over for uh, Brush. And he, he, he starts off his talk. He's like, you know, nothing I say is original. It's all been stolen from, you know, Brush, Andy Fredericks, Raymond Cormac Fields, that, it was down the line. And, you know, that, that's a, that's a huge thing that, that I, I, I also hope we can see. I get it. The people that you know take care of the family out of teaching, because um, a lot of guys get retired and that's what they do. And you know, the, the, as long as we're not pimping out the fire service, like let's not sell it out. Yeah. I'm tired of companies that sell us bullshit. That's not vetted. I'm tired of the the equipment that we've had for years that are terrible. I won't name the company, but we all know the the bad Halligan bar. I'm not going to name the company, but we all know the one that has the shittiest uh bail right and so you know i'm I'm tired of that i'm tired of this for-profit complex thing that we have and it, it's just the hope that we can get more of that 100 gmo organic you know information you yeah. know and it should be it should be free man yeah you know it's uh a poor analogy because nobody uh, well i guess I think about Forrest Gump, and I know that's stupid, but no, where Forrest on. Gump does all these things in his life, and he goes, I cut that grass for free. That's what I think about with when yeah. you get those kinds of instructors that have done all this stuff that's incredible, and, yeah. and now they get to come back. They're cutting the grass for free. They don't care anymore. That's not what it's about. Yeah. It's not about making money. And, yeah, yeah. at the same time. The, yeah, some of those guys got to make a little bit for their family, right? I'm not yeah, knocking yeah. anyone for that's that job. does that, right? Yeah. And that's okay. Uh, I think I just Ike, – Ike was on the scrap, and he was talking about, like, as a battalion chief, he's never made over 100 grand. <laughs> right. Like, right. 
and so yeah, he says real estate was what Morv made is, but like, <laughs> but if you look at like his model for um, county fire tactics and the, and the conferences he does, it's not he makes a little bit of money, but that's just to do the next conference, and maybe he gets a little bit to do his thing, and he lives a good. He also life. takes care of Pensacola, like yeah. you know, the community benefits, like yeah, you know, there there's there's there there are things that you know I, I just don't want to see. Um, I, again, and I just say it like that, you know, don't, don't, I just hope we don't pimp out the job. We know that they exist. They do. There are definitely right. people that have their programs out there and their websites behind a paywall. Right. It exists. Right. But if, if we choose as an, as a, as an industry, if we choose to not, you know, invest as much into that, there's, yeah. there's great people that, that aren't doing that. It's, I tell this to other training officers, and I even say this on the show or whatever, if there's anybody still listening, anything that I have that I do for Cal City, anything that I do, it's all free. I'll give it all to you because it's all shit that I've just resourced or collected, and none of it's really truly mine, except 180, 90, 360. I didn't make up 360. Yeah, you got to trademark that. That is... <laughs> <laughs> no, here, it's free. Well, it's, yeah, I know. But... <laughs> it's so, it's so, but you know what I mean? Uh, uh, just, just remember to credit me. Yes. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but, th but that's the thing is like, man, that, that I, it, it should just be that it, it should just be, Hey man, this is how you use a speed square. Everyone should know how to use it. We can all be good carpenters. I don't want, you know, Hey, you know, some dude is like, you know, just collecting money in the bank and they're laughing on their way, you know, yeah get out of here. Yeah. We don't need that anywhere near. Yeah. Any no frauds. Fraud free zone. Fraud free forever. zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so uh, the current state of the fire service, could you triage it? So green would be it's going strong. Yellow, it's it's hurt. Red, it's dying and crippled. And black, it's it's dead. And then what can we do to maintain or improve wherever you stand within that triage? I think we have a mass casualty incident in the in the fire service. And you definitely have some some people that are some parts of the fire service that are like the, like the, the part of us that just sells us out, you know, for, for hits, you know, social media likes or dough or cash, um, hoarding information. Um, that part of serve, fire service, we're, it's been dead for a long time. And I think that kind of shit has killed people. Um, and on the other end, there's a shit ton of green that have survived that mass cash incident, man. And they're, Helping other people out, they're you know they're helping do triage. So I I wouldn't I I wouldn't I wouldn't give it a color because I'd say it's all out there. But right now I would say there's more green out there helping the the yellows and the reds. And if the reds choose to go, you know I guess we call it purple now, but they choose to die. If they if they choose to sell out the job, hey man, you had your chance because we're giving you the helping hand. You know. Yeah. And so that, I think that's where I think we're on the right path, you know, stuff like this, dude, you, you, like, I love this. Yeah. You're, you know, your family, you're doing this cause you give a shit. We both freaking took care of our kids tonight. You know, and we're, we're doing enough just to have a conversation. So yeah, I love it, man. I think we're going the right way. The more connections, like you're saying, yeah. the greens helping the yellows, helping the reds. That is what it's about. Right? right, you're spot on. You're spot on. We can't well, all be in the green. Was at an incident? Right. Yeah, 
right? Think about that. Yeah. You, you, if you have a major thing and the first couple people that are there aren't hurt, but they're like, all right, I'm getting you out of here. I'm getting you yeah. out of here. I'm getting you out of here. You take a mass casual incident where you've got a bunch of the best trained guys and they won't engage at a school shooting. That's an it. Yeah. <laughs> those guys are, those guys are, you know what I mean? Like you want that, that mom that was willing to go in there and rip her kids out. Yeah. And we got that. We, we absolutely do. People are hungry to help. So yeah. I don't you know, think I can it, ever ask this question again because I don't think <laughs> I don't think there'll be another answer better or any answer that's other, uh, whatever either way. Uh, I think that, so. Last one here. Right. Uh, what is the best part of the job? Oh man, it's as as much as I'll, I'll I'll be like, oh, the guys suck. It's the guys because you know, okay, <clears throat> realistically. I've spent more time sitting after dinner bullshitting than I ever have training. 100%. 100%. And I don't know if it's like that in every job, but I have never laughed harder. I have never had the friendships that I've had. I've never grown. Like I joke with this dude. I've known a guy. We were both on private ambulances together in 2002. And I'm like, dude, we're growing old together. You know, I took a third ambulance call, you know, I had my partner on the truck and, and had, he was like one of my longtime partners and we're both old and gray. And it's just like seamlessly laughing and, and shooting the shit. And now the young guys that are, are coming on and I'm watching them do the same things, but they're doing it their way and they're having fun and, you know, just enjoying that life. Like what a cool freaking job. You get to live, you know, and if, if you can, you, you get to create a place where uh, there's just a, a peace, man. You know, like we're, we're a bunch of idiots. We're going to fight. We're going to do whatever. But God dang, man, when you, you're, you're sitting and you're shooting the shit in front of the station or you had a good call, like there's nothing better to me than three in the morning after a good call. It doesn't have to be, it can be whatever that was good, something that everyone's up. And you're just sitting at the table and nobody else is up in the whole world, you know, as far as you're concerned. And no one's ever going to remember that conversation. It's the best. It's the guys. It's the job, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that, cool. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot. Sorry. Don't you be sorry. I start talking. No, there's. I'm, I'm sure we'll have a round two at some point. I mean, I, <laughs> we went long, man. No, that's that's. I don't even know if there's such a thing. I again, I did four hours on the scrap. I mean, we're not trying to do that. I'm pretty sure we'd fall asleep. No. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're, we we got we got young kids, dude. I yeah, I, I got to get up in the morning. Like he's, he's putting down pina coladas on the on yeah, the day, right. <laughs> <laughs> The doc talks, right? Right. Uh, well, well, Sammy, thank you for coming on. Hang out, thank and we'll we'll green room it here to end. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end our the stream here. Cool. Uh, thank you for thank listening, you and then uh, thank you, Sammy. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Check us out on OutlierFirefighters.com, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Remember, excellence may be a rarity, but you are not alone. 